Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Happened to Mike Schmidt, 40 year old boy podcast. Listen to this voice. Holy fuck. Who's been, who's been chugging angels' wings? You're goddamn right, it's me. I sound fantastic. Uh, see, this is the voice I wish I had every day. And I know a lot of you are like, <laughs> listen to me luxuriating in it. This is the voice I ha- wish I had every day. <laughs> is Vocal Fry something you're interested in? Oh, it looks cute. It's funny to see Vocal Fry on the blue, uh, the Audacity thing. Uh, how are you? I hope you're good. And, and you know what? I think this is my new voice. This is my voice for the new year. Although I don't know if, if you listen to me talking to Lily later as I rampage fucking like a psychopath. Look, I'm going to tell you this. I say some things in the upcoming chunk that I have with Lily that uh, may be controversial. Certainly, there may be things that you don't agree with. Certainly, there may be things that you do agree with. Certainly, there may be things that you don't care about. Certainly, there will be things you do care about. What am I doing? What if I did that all day? What about both sides what I possibly said? Uh, the point of it is, uh, look, you know me. You love me. You can't live without me, right? You and I are pals. We're as close as close can be. Wherever you go, whatever you do, we're going to go through it together. Uh, wherever I go, I know you go. Wherever you go, you know I go. No ifs, no ands, no buts, and no ego. Amigo, together. That's us right now. Why do I know that song? It's stuck in my head from the Brady Bunch when I was a kid. This is an old, I, this is an old podcast. I'm not going to lie. And I don't mean old like off the shelf. I mean it is dated. Because I, I here we're talking about this. I think I took about Bewitched in the next uh, episode. Uh, or Larry the Hunk with Lily or whatever the fuck we're calling it these days. Um, yeah, so I, I, I've got to freshen up my, my takes. i got to start talking about things from this generation. What could I possibly talk about? Hey, have you seen that White Lotus? Did you guys watch that? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I understand the gays were in trouble. And then the gays had somebody put in trouble, right? And then Jennifer Coolidge was out there. There's all sorts of fun things happening at the White Lotus. There's uh, guys with giant cocks and uh, Aubrey Plaza. Would you watch Aubrey Plaza do anything? I'm in that camp. I had a friend at poker last night. I, I played poker last night. It was good. I had a fun time. Look, let's just talk about this. Let's celebrate people and friends, shall we? Let's talk about being with people that we love, that we never get to see. We've been trying to organize live games forever, and guys are like, I can't. I have a hangnail, whatever the fuck. I don't recognize diamonds and clubs any longer. I'm I'm sweet. I'm suit blind. <laughs> That's an impediment when you're playing cards or you're suit blind. I've got four of a whatever. I, I, I don't know what this is. I think I might have a straight flush, but I don't know shapes. Uh, <laughs> so, but I played poker last night with my friends, and, uh, you know, it's just... 
man, it's such a great time. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the roll call of who was there. My great friend Pat Francis, my great friend Mike Siegel, my great friend Chip Jennery, my great friend Jack Thomas, my great friend Paul Gilmartin, uh, and then a complete bastard named Bill Dwyer. <laughs> If anyone's a fan of the young ones, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about there. That was great. We had a great time and played some poker and uh, ate some bad food. We everybody brought, which we shouldn't be doing because it is I, you know, it's the it's a new year, new me. And I'll tell you about my New Year's plans eventually, probably probably sometime in April when they're gone. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm excited for 2023. Who isn't right? My uh, half of my 55th year on the planet, because if you do the math. If you know my birthday, I'm born, I'm born, my birthday is the halfway point of the year. There's no arguing it. You can go ahead and count the numbers back and forth. Uh, with a 365 day year, my birthday is the exact waypoint. It's the center. It's the fulcrum. It's the middle of the seesaw, for God's sake. Uh, you might know that. You might not know that. <laughs> but now I've told you. Also, I'm not sure about that. I may have just made that up, but feel free to do the counting and report back to me. I guess my point is, I don't really know. I'm hoping on the halfway point. It seems like I am because July is is uh, the set. Well, I can't get my birthday here on the air because then someone will use it to get into my bank account. They'll <laughs> be like, ah, what's your birthday, buddy? Click, clack, click, 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 clack. What's your password? Click, 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 clack. Why did I just give out my password of click, click, clack? God, don't type that. But then again, you don't know what's capitalized and what isn't or what isn't. Um... <laughs> you'll have to, you'll spend all day guessing that you'll have to fire up a password bot. You got a bot over there. You got a click, click, clack bot. That'll figure out exactly how many capitalizations I have in there to burst into my bank account and steal my last $40. Oh yes, folks. It's gotten that uh, grim. It's grim here. There's no doubt about it. We're doing the best we can. We're, well, I, then again, I'm sitting here. I'm like, oh, I'm so, I don't have, I, I'm so poor. And then I played poker last night, uh, but it's not a high stakes poker, certainly. And you can play poker for the hang with your friends and then you can back out when there are big hands and just go, I couldn't possibly again. I don't know shapes, uh, but we played last night and usually what happens is somebody grabs, somebody grabs some Taco Bell tacos. Somebody grabs some little Caesars pizza. Cause these are right around where my friend lives. And, uh, and then, and then I had a friend who brought a bunch of, uh, products from a store. He handed out fusilli and sauce to everybody, which was very nice. I'm going to go ahead and make that soon. Uh, what did I bring? You're asking yourselves. Well, I like to bring strange things. Usually when I go to poker, um, there's, I like to go out of way play. Cause like I said, they talk about little Caesars, talk about little Caesars. I always like to go somewhere a little different. Like there's a place called Pablito's tacos here in, uh, in town. And on Thursdays they have $1 crispy tacos and they're fucking delicious. Now I will tell you this. I think the shells are made entirely of salt. There's somehow they've made a paste out of corn and salt because they are the saltiest tacos in the business. But you want to choke them down. You can't stop. But the last time I brought them, I brought like 12 because there's usually like six or seven of us there. And that means everybody gets one. And then some people get two. Uh, I don't think anybody but me and Chip ate them last time. And also uh, my great friend Bill Dwyer. As you know, he had a taco and he enjoyed the Pablitos. So this time around, everybody's like, who's getting the pizza? Who's getting the tacos? And I said, uh, you, should I get Pablitos? I go, if Paul's getting Taco Bell, it seems superfluous. And then nobody answered me. Uh, and then Mike Siegel, like two hours later, wrote, yeah, you know, uh, Taco Bell is going to, I'm, I'm going to grab that. And yes, Pablitos would be superfluous. And I'm like, I knew it. Uh, and then last night I got my balls busted for using superfluous in a text because what the hell, man? Look, I try to culture up these guys. I try to bring them up to my level. Rising tide lifts all boats, as you know, which I think I say actually later in the hunk with Lily. Good news. All right. Uh, <laughs> so I and I play a poker game last night. We play games like uh, we play Nordstrom's and we play uh, what else do we play? We play Crossguts, which could also be known as X Factor. 
Uh, I invented a game. You ever play the game Pass the Trash? Here's a fun game I invented. Pass the Trash is a game where everybody gets one card. And look, there's no skill in this game. It's just fun. So everybody gets one card, and uh, you can pass to the left. You pass your card to the left if you don't like it. Because obviously the you know the ace is the best and the two is the worst. But here's the deal. Here's the, here's the rub. The king is the stopper. So if you have a king underneath and someone next to you on your right tries to pass you like they're four. Now, again, they're face down. You don't know it's a four, but he's trying to pass you. You can go boom and put the king up in his face and laugh a hearty laugh. And he's stuck with that four. And then pretty much everybody else knows they're good because that shitty card is going to stay in that guy's hands. It's fun. But also sometimes a guy will try to pass like an eight because he's not sure. And if he gets king stopped, then the other person's like, ha ha. And they save their six. And then the eight gets flipped over. And oh, my God, how foolish of you not to get rid of the six. Uh, well, I invented a twist to that game because it's a pip game, which means you have three, uh, $3 in front of you. And every time you lose a hand, you have to put a dollar in. Okay. And with seven guys, you know, there's three bucks in front of everybody. You know, you're looking at, you're looking at a $20 pot eventually. Uh, so here's my invention. Uh, we also have a ghost hand, which is totally fun. If you lose all three of your pips, you're going on the ghost. You get to play with no money. But the thing is, uh, here's how that works. If you lose, you lose. You're out, clearly. But if you're on a ghost hand, okay, and uh, and you you tie with somebody, you cannot be eliminated. Yeah, that's right. That's the privileges of being a ghost. Uh, you you get uh, get the king stop, all that stuff. We've talked about that. But also, if you if you tie with someone, they have to pay. But you, because you're going on a ghost, you're fine. And we have had guys who've gone on a ghost run and won the whole damn thing before. It's very rare. It's very rare, but it has happened. So here is why what I invented last night because I like to annoy my friend Jack and my friend Chip, who are real poker players who like real games with real rules. Uh, I like to throw in a twist because it's fun. I enjoy twists. So we happen to have some dice there that are involved in the poker set. And I said, here's the new, here's the new uh, rule, all right? We're going to pass the trash, right? And uh, it goes back around. And if you're on a ghost hand and you lose, you get to roll the dice. And if you roll doubles, you get to haunt somebody and take their money and they're out of the game. <laughs> I love it. I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. And uh, everybody, of course, said, boo. And then they all tied it. They, they, here's the thing. They tinkered with my shit. They're like, well, what about this? What if we did it this way, this way? I'm like, it's funnier if you can haunt. Because if, if you lose and you go out in your ghost hand and somebody has three pips and then you haunt them and take their three pips and they had they can't get back at you, they're out. That's fucking hysterical. And uh, they were like, no, what if you instead did it where you took one pip? And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. I don't like that. I, I The whole point of haunting is like a ghost isn't going with a half measure. A ghost isn't going to be like, boo. There's no there's no question mark at the end of a boo. A ghost has a fucking uh, project and he's going to follow through with it. So uh, then we decided they were like, what if you just did it? Because that's going to make people mad. And I'm like, we're friends. Nobody's going to get mad that somebody took three dollars from them. But I guess whatever. I lost in the end. I won because the haunting stayed. But it turned out you could only do it to the person on your left. So if you rolled the doubles, the guy on your left was out and you took all of his money and stuff. And uh, we played and it was crazy fun because here's the thing. Once guys are getting eliminated, then, uh, you know, <laughs> they're like Jack was I got eliminated and Pat got eliminated. And then Jack was there. So then Paul, everybody keeps like Pat tried to go after Jack's money. I tried to go after Jack's money. And then Paul. So uh, Jack was being besieged. It all depends on who goes out. Uh, I loved the haunting role. I thought it was a fantastic plan. I had invented another game once when we were playing, and there's a discard game. So you like you always burn and turn. You know what I mean? And uh, my thing was, if you lost, 
You could pay $5 and buy the burn pile and try to make your best hand out of that and see how that went. Because we do play other games like that where you can pay 75 cents for a card, all this stuff, whatever the fuck. All sorts of different stuff. Um, and I know you're like, what about Hold'em? Yeah, we played some Hold'em too. We played a couple of hands of that. And we play Omaha. Uh, if you don't know what that is, you get to use two of, your, two of your cards in your hand to try to make the best hand out of a flop and whatever the fuck. Uh, crazy fun, exciting. But I loved But I loved the idea of having the haunting. And then, sure enough, Paul Gilmartin, who was not there, he came there early and he lost a ton of money and then he went to go play hockey and then he came back to play and he's sitting right next to me and I told him, man, you missed my fun game I invented with the haunting. And he goes, I love this idea. So then he invented a game at the end of the night where we had to put two stacks of $3 in front of us. So six bucks was in front of you. And then uh, if you rolled a seven or doubles, you could take somebody's money. And uh, and oh, my goodness, it was uh, it was skin of our teeth at the end. Uh, but Chip wound up winning that $30 pot, which was fine to close the night. Uh, but what a fantastic time. And it's just you're just celebrating an exciting uh, time with your friends. And I love poker and I love my friends and I love going out to do things because I'm I, you're, you're in your house. You know what I mean? I'm in my house all the goddamn time. Now, am I out there? Am I beating the bushes? Am I trying to find a, a thing to do? I am. I told you all last week, I I have nothing to uh, I have no updates regarding that situation. I'll probably have more next week. And once I have them, I will drop them in your lap. <laughs> but uh, but I went ahead uh, and played poker last night, which was totally cool. Because And also, Happy New Year. Did I even say that to you guys? I don't know if I did. Happy New Year to everybody out there. Uh, I hope you're excited for 2023. I'm excited for 2023, so much so that I'm going to click this pen 2,023 times. All right, I'll get the debt later. I didn't say it was in a row. I'll do a bunch of them later, possibly, perhaps, maybe. If I remember, if I remember, get off my back. All right. Uh, but now we're here in the new year. What did I do for New Year's Eve? You're probably asking yourself. You're like, well, Mike, did you go on the Poseidon adventure and fall through a stained glass window like Shelly Winters? No, I did not. Although Shelly Winters didn't fall through the stained glass window. She plummeted from, uh, well, somebody plummeted through a stained glass window, but then she swam underwater. Uh, and I, I don't know if she drowned, but the famous thing is that Shelly Winters is swimming around underwater. Uh, by the way, the Poseidon Adventure, I think is, I'm going to say off the top of my head, 1973, uh, I saw it in a theater, believe it or not, uh, as a child that was back when, you know, Hey, mom and dad are fighting. Let's drop Mike and Lenny at the Brighton theater so they can watch Juggernaut, which we did. Oh, we did. I saw a movie called Juggernaut at the, at the movies. I saw, uh, what did I saw, what was the Super Bowl movie? What's the movie where they 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 were gonna a Sunday Bloody Sunday I think it's called where they did a terrorist attack at the Super Bowl we saw that at the movies we uh you're just literally you're just you're just asking your children to be molested if you drop them off at a theater in Chicago by themselves and I mean because Lenny is at the time he's probably eleven and I, what am I I'm eight <clears throat> and we're going to watch these movies by ourselves and PG movies too it wasn't like we were going to some fucking Disney double feature. I'm not kidding you. We went and saw these other. These, I saw Sunday Bloody Sunday in a theater. I saw the Poseidon Adventure in a goddamn theater. Um, so there you go. So we did those those things. But again, I'm dating myself. As I said, I bring up the Poseidon Adventure. You're just like, wow, oh my god, this guy's the oldest. And I, I can't disagree with you. I am an old person. Um, just the very fact that I've told you about two movies I saw in a theater. A lot of you out there are like, theater? What's that? And it's a disappointment that our lives have fundamentally changed, that we can't go sit in a dark room with strangers and hoot and holler at a motion picture. I enjoyed doing that. The smell of popcorn wafting through the air. Now everybody's got a fucking phone. They're immediately doing some food review about the hot dogs and then talking about the fucking, you know, the Nicole Kidman bullshit. And it's like, oh, God, watch a movie. Shut the fuck up and watch a movie, please. Put your phone away 
and watch the goddamn movie. This is why I pick, when I pick a seat, because I usually go by myself to the theater, because again, nobody's doing anything with me. Um, I sit back row, farthest left seat. Like literally, the, the, seat, the left seat on the aisle, back row. That's where I sit. Because I don't want anybody behind me. I don't want anybody around me. I try to go to the, the least populated uh, screenings. And I know that's not hard to do these days with the old COVID swirling around. It's back. Have you heard? Uh, I got news for you. It never left. But I'm, I'm enjoying hearing these things where everybody's like, COVID is coming back. Oh, really? Back from where? Back from the other room? Because it never fucking left. Just because you didn't get it, just because the government said, you know what, everybody go back to work. Here's the thing. Put down your uh, your ventilators and everybody go ahead and sell somebody some fucking macaroni and cheese. You, this is, you, guys, you guys are the real heroes. You people out there are the real. You, bring me some iced tea. You're a hero. You, ring up this box of cereal. You're a hero. Absolutely. COVID does not exist anymore. Meanwhile, COVID is literally rolling down the aisles like tumbleweeds. Those big germs that they showed you that would like the fucking spikes coming out of it. You can actually see the germs now. COVID is so bold right now. It's actually three COVID germs in a trench coat half the time. That's what shows up at the fucking grocery store to get everybody. Um, Now, if you're vaccinated, eh, it's still no protection, really, at this point, where they were like, you know, you get vaccinated, then you get boosted, and you get boosted, and you get boosted. Is it three boosts? Is it a Shea Boost? What is that, a Shea Boost? That's That's a term. That's a cooking term from France, Shea Boost. I think that's a, is that a piping tool of some sort? Boy, I can't remember. Or is a shaboost a sort of pastry cream? I watch a lot of pastry shows. Perhaps it's a, something like that. I have to think it's either a, a kitchen implement or it is some sort of uh, delectable fucking topping. I have no idea. <laughs> Cover my steak with shaboost, please. Or do me a favor, pipe out my mashed potatoes with a shaboost. I'm covered either way. You know what I do? I say that to the waiter. I say both of those. And he picks the one that's right because I don't have to discern because he's a fucking hero. He can sort it out. I'm a fucking idiot. I'm just sitting at a fucking table doing a whole lot of nothing. This guy comes over and he goes, hey, man, what do you want? I go, you know what? Pipe me out some potatoes out of Shaboost and then cover my steaks in a, in a thick and decadent Shaboost. And he's like, you know what? One of those is right. And I'll tell the kitchen. And then I sit there like a king. And then some guy walks by and I go, ice water, please, with a lemon in it. Uh, why do I drink lemon ice water? Because it's for weight loss. No, I don't. But I hear that all the time. You ever hear that? People are like, oh my God, if right, you wake up in the morning and you drink a lemon ice water, uh, you'll lose weight during the day. It's like, uh, just, how about if you stop eating things that are bad and maybe exercise? Go walk. Do that. Instead of waking up in the morning and going, I'm going to drink a glass of lemon ice water, how about you wake up in the morning and take a morning constitutional? How about you grab a cane and a, and a fucking derby and you go out and walk around the block? In your pajamas, maybe you change your clothes too. I didn't look. I'm not going to tell you everything to do. What do you want? A whole fucking checklist of what to do in the morning? God damn it! Do your usual morning checklist. Just dump out the ice water and submit a, a, a hat and a cane, and then go outside and say chim chim cheroo to everybody you meet. Isn't that uh, that's what chitty chitty bang bang? I think chim chim cheree, chim chim cheree, chim chim cheroo. I am a guy who drives a flying car. I used to be married to Mary Tyler Moore, and then I tripped over an ottoman. Uh, there's a, in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, there's a guy who steals kids, right? Isn't that a spooky thing? Every time somebody's like, what's the scariest thing you remember from your childhood? Someone's always like, oh my God, there's some fucking guy in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang who would steal kids. And, uh, and, and here's the thing. I understand why that's a terrible, terrible thing. I understand why it's a threat. When you're a child, you're constantly thinking you're going to be stolen. Take it from me who had to use the bathroom by himself at the age of six in a movie theater in Chicago. (laughs) I could have been scooped up and taken away by anybody. How the fuck was I not? 
I mean, I've had enough weird shit happen to me, but how did I avoid that? And again, because then everybody, all these, you'll see all these memes. It's like, Gen X doesn't care. We lived a life of latchkey kids. It doesn't mean it was good. You know, just because you had to come home in the afternoon and make your own bologna fucking sandwich, wait for your mom to get home at eight o'clock to make a real dinner, or you could actually start dinner. Because that's another thing. I, I will say this again, like I've always said, uh, I like cooking. I don't have the patience for it because it's just me too. That's one thing. Who the fuck cares about me? But if I have somebody here, I like to cook. If I involve myself in a cooking extravaganza with somebody, that's fun. Uh, but when I was a kid, we had to cook. We had to start meals, you know, and, and a lot of it was out of an envelope or a box, but we also made meat. You know, we had to take chicken uh, breasts or thighs or legs or whatever the fuck out of the package. And, uh, you know, you pat them dry. And uh, sometimes you cover them in a cream of mushroom soup and make a nice, delicious sauce. Uh, or sometimes, you know, you just go ahead and you make them with garlic salt and salt and pepper. And you put those in there and you cook them up. That was another thing. My mom told me, she's like, you got to season it. You can't just cook chicken dry, blind. Uh, don't cook a blind chicken is my point. Uh, are blind, can a chicken be blind? How would you know if a chicken was born in your fucking farm? And uh, he's outside. How would you know if he's blind? Because chickens just walk in a circle all the time anyway. What the fuck? They don't know where they're going. I guess if you threw food out and everybody else went for it, and the chicken was just like, I don't know what's happening right now, but it sounds like everybody's on the other side of the yard. Perhaps I should go over there. And then he bumped into a fucking cow. <laughs> Maybe that would happen. Why are, look, let me ask you this. Why are the cows in the chicken pen? Somebody get out there. Well, you know what we need? We need a bouncer at this farmyard. Yeah, there's no fraternizing. No chickens with the kid with the cows. No cows with the fucking pigs. Get everybody. Get somebody build a fence. We need to hire some guys. This fucking farm is woefully understaffed. Uh, all right. So I, uh, I hope you had a good New Year's celebration. I don't know what you did. Uh, I had. I, I was in Arizona. I went to Arizona last week. I don't know if I told you guys this. I wound up getting on a plane. I was leaving on a jet plane. Didn't know when I, I, well, this is a lie. I say, don't know when I'll be back again, but that's a lie. I know exactly when I would be back. Although with the chaos in the air, the past couple weeks, I, I could say truthfully, I didn't know when I would be back again, but uh, I went to Arizona, which was totally fun. I went to see my great friends, uh, Justin and Mary, and they, they brought me there. Like it was, it wasn't even like, you know what I mean? I told you this, they, they, whatever. I didn't go. They essentially summoned me and were very nice. Uh, I had to take a cab. I talked about that with Lily, um, had to deal with the Southwest attendants, which, you know, those people were fucking hangdog and beaten down, but they were still very nice to me. I have to admit I got very lucky cause I missed all the fucking shenanigans. I, I didn't leave till Friday and, uh, everything took place early in the week. And I kept getting these emails where they're like, ah, we should be okay by Friday. We're going to be back to regular service by Friday. And I'm just like, ah, yes, of course. Because I'm a flying king on Southwest. And then they offered me a $300 uh, credit. And I, you know, I don't know if that's because I flew or if every Southwest customer wound up getting the $300 credit. I have no idea. Um, But I look forward to cashing in that credit and then canceling the flight. (laughs) It's going to be fun. Hey, you know what? I'll take you. I'm going to cash in this credit and do this. And they're going to go, great. I can't help you. Sorry. We're grounded because we don't pay anybody what we're supposed to pay them. And also our computer service, uh, it would be up and running if it wasn't for the fact that the hamster died. He's in the wheel running and he's getting all of this fucking stuff. Sparks are flying out of his cage. And it turns out that the computers don't work. And here's the thing, you know, that Southwest bullshit hit the fan. You may remember or you may not. uh, About a year and a half ago, uh, our great friend Austin, who was a listener to this show, I say was because I I think I fucking I I don't know what I did in Vegas, but I, I... um, maybe I, I I thought I was gracious enough. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't gracious enough. And I didn't talk about the show where we went to to Oakland. I don't know if I did. Uh, I may have lost him as a listener. Austin was a good guy. Super friendly. Reached out to me. 
uh, sent me fucking memory foam pillows that are amazing. And then he was like, hey, man, come to Vegas. I'll take you to a Raiders game. And he did. Unbelievably kind. And and uh, and then that I literally didn't hear from him again after that. I think I talked to him once. And then he was just like, lose this number. <laughs> what is What have I done? I'm a good guy. I got poker friends. Come on. Uh, but I feel... My brain is fried so because I, I worry about that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like he was super nice. He did a nice thing for me. And I mean, it's not like we're buddies. He's got a whole family. He lives in a different state. And then he and the game was in a different state even from where he lived. Uh, but now I'm like, what did I do to this guy? It's it's akin to me at the fucking Jack in the Box. And I asked the woman if she was mad at me. I mean, I it, my fucking you talk about a hamster with sparks coming out of it. Jesus Christ. My skull can barely contain my nonsense. Um, But when I when I flew Southwest that weekend which is a good, it was October of 2021 to go to Vegas for the game. Remember, it was totally backed up and uh, there were so many people waiting and flights getting shifted. And I worried that my flight would be shifted. And I went to the little lady in the window and I'm like, hey, what's uh, what's the story here? Should I be worried? She goes, well, I don't know. She said, uh, you know, they keep blaming the weather, but it's not the weather. It's a sick out. Like a, a lot of pilots called in sick because of the COVID regulations. They don't want to be here and they feel that they're being forced to do things they don't want to do and get the, because you got to be getting vaccinated. And, uh, you know, there was real, I guess, turmoil behind the scenes, but she was kind. She was like, yeah, if, if I was you, she goes, you'd check your flight home, be constantly monitoring it because guys, people are calling in sick, whether it's desk staff or pilots, and it's a kind of a, a mini protest against having to be vaccinated. So uh, this stuff's been a long time coming, certainly in Southwest and maybe even other airlines. Uh, and then you add in the fact that they have these antiquated fucking computer systems. They got this all these kickbacks from the government, these bailouts because of the pandemic, and they never fucking gave raises to anybody. They didn't help anybody out. And then if you saw the email the Southwest dude sent out, he sent me a nice email. He's like, hey, man, here's three hundred free dollars. Well, I saw the email he sent December 21st to the fucking people who work there. And they're like, hey, man, mandatory overtime. Can't get out of it. Got to do it. And uh, that's the way it is. And also, by the way, in case you're wondering, uh, you can't call out sick. Got to work all of Christmas and New Year's. You can't be sick. And if you are sick, you're going to need a doctor's note or you're fired. And I mean a doctor's note that day from your doctor. You need to provide it with you. And I'm like reading this going, dude, fuck off. Like if I worked there, I'd just be like, all right, well, I'll tell you what. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, we know how to fly the planes. We're going to fly them away <laughs> and hide them where you'll never find them. Uh, and imagine being some person in a giant parka loading somebody's Samsonite and then being told you can't take a break or can't call in sick, even if you got the fucking rubella. You know what I mean? Like, fuck off, dude. And you want a doctor's note. Like, I'm not nine years old. Fuck. It's not like I'm ditching school. Some people are sick. Sometimes you're caught in the fucking weather. And quite frankly, honestly, sometimes people are just sick of the way they're being fucking treated, man. So if they got to go ahead and take off, then they got to go ahead and take off and you're going to fucking fire them. Well, it, you should be that threat is fun because you can just go, OK, cool. We'll hire a bunch of new dudes because, look, are there people who need jobs? There are. But there are also people who don't want to be whipped and told to fucking drag suitcases like they're <laughs> building the fucking pyramids. The fuck, man. Have some respect for people, you dick. Uh, but then he, then he gave me 300 bucks. I'm like, all right, well, this guy and I are simpatico. We're on the same fucking level. Obviously, he's my friend. I'm his friend. We're together and pals. Wherever he goes, you know, I'll go. Wherever I go, I know he goes. No ifs, no ands, no buts, and no egos. Amigos together. He's CEO. And I know, don't you know, I'm going to fly on his private jet. That way I won't have to deal with the pilots who aren't getting the money. And he'll be happy. 
<sighs> Terrible singing. Uh, singing, it's a stretch. Uh, so there you go. So I dealt with the Southwest attendants when I went, and they were very kind to me on my flight to Arizona. Because uh, I here's the thing. I And look, did I game it? Maybe. But I walked up to the counter, and they were helping people, and there was... Man, I look, I don't have a family, and sometimes that's sad when it's quiet in your house, and you're like, oh, it'd be cool to redo a kid. Ah, oh, man, I wish I had a wife that I could cuddle with right now, just sit on my lap and just fucking stare in my eyes. That'd be totally sweet. But then there's some times when you go, wow, look at that family at the airport with 14 suitcases, and look at the dad. Doesn't he look miserable? Because he's in charge of carrying all the shit and organizing. Like, there's very clear delineation in the in the duties between parents when they go to the airport. It's the the dad wrangles all the suitcases and the mom wrangles all the kids. If there's one kid, all right, everybody's kind of pitching in. If there's two kids, hmm, still a little hinky. Uh, but if you get three or more kids at the airport, fucking forget it. Dad's got because again, they also do that thing where they give the little kids their own suitcase. You know, so and like I've always said many times, I I view a child with a suitcase the way I view a pet with clothes with clothing. Aw, look, he thinks he's people. <laughs> when a little kid's towing his own little suitcase around, he's like a little man. You're like, oh, that's fucking beautiful. This kid thinks he's somebody. Ah, <laughs> fucking dogs with bow ties and shit. Aw, they think they're people. But then you'll just see the misery of these these families with and also they'll have some fucking suitcase that's closed together with bungee cord and hooks, you know, because they they tried to not bring too many bags or then you get the other people who bring, like I said, six suitcases all stacked on one another and they got to check all the bags and they're fucking at Southwest bags fly free. So those people are all fucking in steerage, giving all their bags to those dudes. And the Southwest people are miserable because they're lifting these 95-pound suitcases that these people have overstuffed for their three-day trip to fucking Disney World. Uh, Why why would you go to Disney World for three days? You're not even going to see. What are you going to see? You're not even going to see Mickey. He's he's actually actively going to hide from you. They they have a determination of whether or not you're there for longer than a week. If you're there for more than a week, you're going to get some Mickey. If you're at Disney World for less than a week, six days or less, you're not going to see any fucking dudes. Who are you going to get? The fucking donkey from the Emperor's New Groove? You might get him. See a donkey? I don't know what the fuck he was. I know donkey. Well, donkeys, because you know why? Because donkey and Shrek supersedes all donkeys in the animation empire. But I think that was, a, although Eeyore, Eeyore actually is up there too. Boy, there's a lot of donkeys. Hold on a second. I misspoke. I'm sitting here thinking there's one donkey. There's like nine donkeys. Uh, Eeyore's a donkey and fucking uh, donkey's a donkey. I don't know if the Emperor's New Groove was a donkey. Isn't that Spade? Is Spade that guy? I don't remember. Uh, but he turns into a donkey. He turned into a donkey. And also, doesn't everybody in Peter Pan turn into donkeys? Aren't they turned into beasts? Why did I choose donkey? I tried to make that like a rare example. And there's a million fucking donkeys in Disney lore. The fuck's Walt got with donkeys? What the fuck, buddy? Donkeys and mice. Maybe he just thought to himself, these are like the animals nobody likes. I'll fuck You know what? I got a cricket. <laughs> I got a cricket. I got donkeys. I got mice. Who the fuck cares? Uh, meanwhile, because you know, everybody else is doing bears and tigers and shit like that. And like, rawr, isn't that scary? And Walt is like, yeah, check out this fucking caterpillar. Yeah, he's gentle and nice. And everybody's like, what the fuck, man? Why would you make a nice, gentle caterpillar? He's like, because I'm uh, waiting for the Nazis to come. And I don't want to have any aggressive animals when they arrive. Uh, wasn't Walt a Nazi or was he, uh, no, is he anti-Semitic or is he a Nazi? And I know you're thinking to yourself, well, that's the same thing. Um, but I don't think it is. I think you can actually parse the difference between guys who were just anti-Semitic fucking corporate assholes like Henry Ford and then guys who are complete Nazis 
like Henry Hitler. <laughs> Sorry. That made me laugh. Let me ask you this. All right. Now that I bring this up, what if his name was Henry Hitler? The alliteration alone makes takes some of the edge off, doesn't it? And certainly he does a bunch of terrible things and he's a monster and he deserves to get a stake driven to his heart, which they, the allies eventually did. But in the beginning, I mean, I, well, look, also, I guess we kind of ignored him anyway. Even when he was Adolf Hitler, everybody let him get to a point where he's fucking nuking entire goddamn races and, and ethnicities. And then he went, hey, we should do something about this fucking guy. But do the French fall prey to Henry Hitler? Does anybody, if you, if you went scream, if FDR screams into a microphone and he's like, uh, there is nothing to fear but fear itself. We will stomp the forces of Nazism and Henry Hitler. And everybody goes, that sounds like a friendly neighbor. I can't possibly get behind hating Henry Hitler. You know why? Because I don't go with Triple H's. Uh, Adolf Hitler's easier to hate. And then the haircut and the mustache. He didn't make it fucking hard, right? You know what I mean? You looked at that fucking. All right. I go this way. I got to be honest. If you saw the haircut and the mustache first and you went, who the fuck is this whack job? And somebody went, that's Henry Hitler. You'd be like, you'd still hate him. You'd hate him because of the haircut and the mustache. That you could not, you couldn't get past the look, and then the tight anus mouth. Oh, Hitler! What a fucking jerk! <laughs> I don't think. Look, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn when I say to you right now that Hitler was a jerk. <laughs> Whether it be Adolf or Henry, uh, and also people don't realize this. Did you know that? Uh, that that Hitler's twin brother Jesse died at birth. He did. He certainly did. Uh, so Jesse Hitler died at birth. He was actually buried right there in the backyard at, at Hitler's uh, uh, happy house. Hitler's hash house. He had a breakfast place. I don't know if you know this. Hitler had a breakfast place before getting into uh, genocide. He thought to himself, you know what I want to do? Waffles. <laughs> this is a guy. You know what? Here's the deal. He was happy Henry Hitler's hash house. And that's why I thought he was Henry Hitler, because I'm remembering his breakfast days. I'm remembering when he was giving you fucking... Uh, a meat and three sides. That's what he was doing. Uh, and he was, he was a breakfast cat. He was sitting there. He's making him, he's making you Dutch babies when fucking, when happy Henry Hitler's hash house served you a Dutch baby and you tasted it. You're like, this is super delicious, man. What would I do if this guy started killing the Jews? I, I don't know what I would do. This is a delicious Dutch baby. Uh, who do I side with? Uh, but inevitably, and I, I like to think that, uh, that, Calmer heads would prevail and your love of the delicious happy Henry's Hitler, happy Henry Hitler's hash house Dutch baby would be pushed aside and you'd be outraged at his other activities. Uh, and that was the thing. He had happy Henry Hitler's hash house and it was destroyed in World War One. You know this. Uh, it was it was uh, the allies overwhelmed it. And that and it was actually some you know what? Actually, bullshit. That's that's incorrect. Happy Henry Hitler's hash house was a thriving breakfast enterprise. And directly across the street, uh, a cafe Dumas showed up and the French were serving croissants and baguettes and uh, and, and, and their perfect French omelets. And they put Happy Henry Hitler's hash house out of business. And then he was like, oh, you know what? Somebody's going to pay. And 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 then. You know who took over Happy Henry Hitler's hash house? Einstein's bagels. 
Yes, I know, right? And now you see. Now you see a plan being formed. He was happy in his apron and his foofy French fucking hat. He was cooking shit. And then all of a sudden the French move in across the street and put him out of business. And then the Einstein's bagels people come in and they bail him out by taking over the fucking building, taking the lease off of his hands. And he's got nothing to do but go home and paint and scheme. That's what fucking Henry Hitler's doing. And he's like, I need to figure something out. Those fucking Einstein's bagels and motherfuckers across the street with their fucking pan du chocolat or whatever the fuck you say. Uh, And the rest is unfortunate history. But luckily, uh, FDR was able to scramble everybody into fucking formation. And we marched in there into his bunker and we told Eva Braun, step aside, lady. And we killed him right there in his bathtub. Some of this is true, I think. I don't know. I went to a public school. All right. Uh, so I went to Arizona. It was totally fun. And uh, I had a great time. Oh, so the Southwest attendants, I walked up as they were checking in everybody in there. They're, they're trying to play Tetris with their 8,000 fucking suitcases. And I walk up and there's a dude is just slumped shoulder. The first lady was Mat- uh, Matilda, but with an H. Uh, I think I talked about this with Lily, I believe. All right, I'm not going to go into this. Uh, you'll hear it later in the show. But I talked to the Southwest attendants. They were very nice. Everything was fine. And uh, it was good. I got on the plane. I went to Arizona. Um, I went. To, I wound up going to the National College Football Playoff, uh, where I was at uh, Glendale Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. My friend Justin, a huge UM fan. He's a Michigan fan. How huge of a fan is he? You ask. Well, I'll tell you this: uh, he has Michigan-colored Nikes, and he didn't wear them because he also had a jersey and a hat on, and he thought it would be too much. And then we saw a guy wearing the Nikes. He's less like, eh, "I'm glad I didn't wear mine." And I'm like, well, "You got those?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I got all that shit." Uh, but also, how big of a fan is he? The man has a, uh, he built the big house out of Legos. If you know what the big house is, it's Michigan's home stadium that seats like 108,000 people. And uh, he, hold on, we're going to hear a door slam in a second because my neighbor's home and he he's deaf and he doesn't know the sound of things when he closes them super hard. Wait, let's listen, see what happens. Hold on, he's placing a key in a lock. I can see his shoulder. Oh, he's opened the screen door. Now he's got to open the inside door. How, how compelling is this for a podcast, right? You guys just like other people have scripts and, and theme music. Uh, I have theme music, but I don't have a script. And so you wind up getting a play by play of my neighbor going at his house. All right. Oh, he's opened his inside door. Will he slam it? Oh, no. What is he talking to somebody outside? What's happening here, folks? Oh, he said hi to my other friend. Ah, it's my good friend Oscar. He's heading upstairs. Wait. Eh, didn't really slam it. All right, that was a lot of build-up for nothing. Um, so Justin built the big house out of Legos. Now, by the way, he bought the set. Please don't think that he bought a ton of Lego sets and compiled as many pieces as he needed to go ahead and craft his own big house. No, you can purchase the big house in Lego. And he did that, and he built the damn thing. Uh, and then he was building he was building something. They have some other... I don't know if Mary is involved as well, but there's a, there was a Lego set when I was there. I can't remember what it was. It was a landmark. It may have been the Twin Towers. I think, you know what? Uh, here's the thing. When you buy the 911 Lego set, it's essentially already built. <laughs> Certainly you can construct it to see the past. But if you're buying the 911 Lego set and you just open it up, you're like, oh, it's done. And you just put it away and you slide it under a bed. <laughs> oh, fuck. You know what's funny? When 2,800 people die or whatever the fuck. Fucking joke reference. What an idiot. All right. Uh, you know who I blame? Happy Henry Hitler. All right. Um, we go to the game. And I, I have to tell you this. I was filled with... Uh, I was excited to go to the game because I wanted to go with Justin. And uh, and 
I, I usually root for the underdog in these college playoffs. I root for teams that have never been there before. I root for strange teams. Now, this year in college football, I actually had a rooting interest. I decided uh, I was going to repick up my, not my, my fascination with USC. Having moved to Los Angeles you know, 25 years ago, I would root for USC. I, I like them. Look, when they're good, clearly, I, I will root and pay attention to them. Um, but when they're bad, I don't give a fuck. I don't live and die with USC, but if they're super entertaining and fun to watch, I'll watch them. Even if they're even if they're like, you know, nine and four or something like that, I'll watch them if they're entertaining. It's great. It's a fun time. But uh but you know, they've been hiring like fucking drunks as their coach. They did. They had a guy named Steve Sarkeesian and they got fucking loaded. They had to fire him. Pat Hayden was there fucking up hirings. Lynn Swan. They brought they were leaning too much on traditions. Then last year they brought in the coach from Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley, who's a proven winner. Uh he brought in a bunch of transfers and, and they had a great year. They wound up going uh they lost twice to Utah and then they wound up losing to Tulane in the cotton bowl, which I look. I'm going to tell you, I think there's some questionable calls. And I'm not a referee guy either. But there were a couple of calls where I was like, hmm, what the fuck is going on in this game? Uh, but what's funny is if you go to social media, this is totally true. Justin and I are watching the game with the sound down. The Cotton Bowl, Tulane and USC. And we're like, boy, that's a fucking terrible call. Man, that's a terrible call. How the fuck is USC getting getting shafted on all these calls? And if you go to, I went to Twitter and I started scrolling and everybody's like, boy, the refs really want USC to win this game. Oh, my God, the refs are in the tank for fucking USC. And I'm like, what? And it, it's that's the nature of people rooting for the underdog and rooting against a big school. They always think the big school gets the calls and the little school's getting fucked. And I can see that. You know what I mean? When I watch the game sometime, you're just kind of like, oh, man, it seems like they got a bias here. But boy, oh, boy, I watched that USC game with the sound off, so I'm not being influenced and whatever the fuck. And there was like there was a touchdown where the guy kicked the pylon, but I guess it was set up wrong or something. There was a, a clear face mask and a roughing call on a on a kickoff, and they didn't call it. It was weird. It was just a weird thing, and uh, I don't know. It, it it just seemed strange. So I, I usually root for the underdog. Like normally, if it wasn't USC, I would have rooted for Tulane because and I, I was excited for a fun game. And also that game didn't really mean fucking anything, the Cotton Bowl. So I wanted USC to win, but at the same time, I was still excited for Tulane. It was pretty cool. They haven't been to a bowl game in 35 years and their fans are going crazy. It was pretty sweet. I like that. When a team that hasn't done anything all of a sudden does something, I kind of root for them. So in this college playoff, there's four teams. There's Georgia, who won last year. There's Ohio State, who wins all the fucking time. There's Michigan, who was in the playoff last year and wins a bunch of times. And then there was TCU. Texas Christian University and their their story is fun like they're there it's their first time in the playoff their their fucking mascot is the horned frogs they got a weird looking dude with a fucking mask on then they and the fans have adapted or adopted hypno toad as like their their surrogate mascot and they all cheer and yell his name and then they do this like ooh-wah, boo-wah, TCU cheer. It's fucking crazy it's college bullshit and I I love that kind of stuff I'm always ensnared however uh, I am there on God's good humor and Justin's, uh, you know, generosity. Jesus Christ, I can't think of the word. Uh, so I'm a Michigan man. You know, I'm there to root for Michigan. Uh, we go to the game and I I, I was, <laughs> I find this happening to me a lot. And it's been happening to me for a while. Um, you know, I, I, I loved the atmosphere. And there were there were people there who were rooting for TCU. We sat on the Michigan side of the field, uh, but people clad in purple, people clad in maize and blue, and we're lined up to go in. And people are chanting, you know, you know, 
you know, go Michigan or go blue, go blue. And then people are saying TCU, go blue, TCU. They're having rival chants and stuff. But I looked around and uh, people my age who were going to the game, they were, you know, they had their gear on. And a lot of them look like the people who stormed the Capitol on January 6th on both sides on Michigan. I, I, I looked at Justin at one point and I go, how many of these people plotted to kidnap a governor? Because the, the Michigan dudes are all kind of big with the big frosty. They look like me. I, I can't lie. They have big gray mustaches and big jowls. And uh, and, and they just but but here's the thing. They've made something of their lives, whether they worked hard or however they did it. They're able to travel from Michigan to Arizona to support their team and wear their gear and tailgate and have fun and yell. And, uh, and I had to admit there was there, I pined for that a little bit because again, I'm as, as you'll hear later and you've heard previously I'm scrambling a little bit right now. Um, I love talking to you guys and I love doing this. This is what I do. But at the same time, you, you know, you start to go, all right, should I have done that? Should I have done this? You know, you, those sort those, those sort I should have worked harder at everything. We know this. Um, so these these thoughts echo as I see successful people. And and you might let's put it this way. People, you don't have to be Elon Musk to be successful. I consider anybody who's got a nice house or even, a, you know, a house they love with family and uh, a house filled with warmth and love. And there's you open the fridge and there's food. And you got, you know, your, your truck or your car and, uh, and, you know, you see your friends on the weekend and you, you work hard at your job. Like a- anybody who's doing that is to be admired. And, and I see those things and I covet them. You know, I wind up envying those people to a certain extent. Now I respect them as well because they've worked hard. Uh, and however they've wound up in the position they are, it's a position that I respect. So you feel a little tinge, you know, I'm there because Justin brought me there, which is certainly kind of him. And it made me very happy. And I love to see my friends, but also it would be nice to be able to just make a phone call and go, Hey, you're coming out here. I'm paying for it. And let's hang out and let's go to this big game. That's probably going to cost fucking $350 a ticket. And then afterwards we'll go for fucking Chinese food tomorrow. And you'll just hang out at our house for five days. Cause also I told you, Justin and Mary, they have a new house. They've got two beautiful dogs. Uh, but they work hard at their jobs. They've worked hard at their jobs. And so they've made this life for themselves. And my God, there's something there that is so beautiful. You know, it's so, so to be respected. And I looked around at the people at the game and felt the same way. And I can't help but then turn that insight toward myself and see my situation or my, certainly my current situation and just, and (laughs) look, I don't need any reason to give myself a hard time. But looking around and seeing people, um, you know, being able to take off and enjoy the fruits of their labors, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you start to question things sometimes. Certainly, and look, I'm not like I'm not questioning myself all the time about working hard and doing the things I should have done for this show and other shows and whatever the fuck. But anyway, but also, and this is bigger than even seeing people my age, uh, it's a college game. So there's a student section for both teams, but also outside there's students everywhere. And there are, uh, you know, there are young men who are fucking grab assing and horseplay and, and laughing and cheering and singing and fucking around. And there are young women who are, you know, clearly there's sorority women who are beautiful. There are, uh, you know, all of them are beautiful because they're just, they're gifted with youth and promise and, and, a, and an, an entire life ahead of them. 
and they have, you know, TCU painted on their cheeks or Michigan on their fucking chests and they're cheering and they're laughing. And then, and then they're having a good time. You know, they're not starting a bunch of shit. They're chanting and everybody else is chanting back and they're pointing and laughing. And, um, I didn't go to college, you know, uh, I missed that. And I don't think about it until I'm in that sort of scenario where I'm surrounded by people who are in college or are going to college and you just, you realize what you missed. I realize I missed four years of camaraderie. I realize, you know, there's a re I have the friends I grew up with, you know, the guys I knew in high school. And then I know a bunch of comedians and people like that who I've met, but I don't have the college friends that people have, you know, it's funny. I'll, we'll joke around my buddy, Dennis, when we do our trip to, in March to spring training, uh, just it's always been us, the guys I grew up with. And then the, the last couple of years, Dennis is like, well, I got some other guys I know and, I, you know, from work or from school and I'll, I'll hire. And you're just like, hey, man, I don't want to meet your fucking new friends. <laughs> and it's it's you know, there's some truth to that. But also we're being silly. Um, but at the same time, you know, Dennis has friends from work, from fucking university, from Europe, from all over the place because he traveled. He lived. He, he lived extensively. Um, you know, all my friends are fucking misfit comics half the fucking time, except for the guys here. The guys I met here aren't misfits, but I'm saying guys I met on the road and shit like that. Like I'm not friends with anybody I met on the fucking road. Uh, even when I was in Chicago, I was friends with the guys I was friends with, you know, very, I have very few second level relationships. There's the first level of the people you grew up with. Second level is when you go to college, you become who you're going to be. And then the people you meet as you're a fully formed person or hopefully as close to fully formed as you're going to get. Um, I missed that middle step. And so, you know, surrounded by successful people and surrounded by young people filled with promise, you can turn the spotlight inward and start to wonder what you've done. So I had a fantastic time and I loved seeing the game and I loved being with my friends, but also it was a bittersweet three and a half, four or five hours because I was surrounded by what could have been and also by what never was. And it's hard to not focus on those things, particularly when you're in the situation I'm in now, which is a situation of my own creation. But it, if you're a thinking person, if you're a feeling person, you can't help but wonder what could have been and rue what should have been with any sort of effort on my part or, quite frankly, the environment I was raised in, if that had been different, what could I have been? How much could I have done? And you'll hear people say, well, you know, you don't have any responsibility for that. You know, you just, once you grow up, it's all you, man. It's on your shoulders. You can go ahead and make what you want of your life. It's there for the taking. <sighs> yeah, you would think so. And it, it is there for the taking if, if it wasn't for the obstacles that you've set up for yourself because you've been influenced by the life you've lived to this point. And your upbringing has a gigantic part of that. Your upbringing has a gigantic amount of uh, credit or blame for, for wherever you are now. Yes, you could have. There are people who are like, I'm seizing the day. It doesn't matter that my dad shot my mom in the face. Well, good for you. But sometimes there are people who didn't get the tools they need to seize the day. Sometimes they're the people who who are, wind up filling themselves with uh, hope 
And instead, that hope is curb-stomped by doubt. These are real things. So I had a fantastic time at the game, but every once in a while, I would turn and I would see some young people celebrating or cheering or and thinking to myself, man, they, they in 30 years... I hope they don't look at another couple just like them and wish they could have been that and remember the promise that they had and that they squandered. I hope they live. I hope they bloom. I hope they live exactly the life they want to live and they're happy and content and kind and do everything they can to make everyone in their fucking everyone who satellites around them, anyone involved in their life and themselves happy and content because it goes fast and you can absolutely fucking miss it. And I'll be honest with you. I don't know what's worse missing it and being oblivious or missing it and being hyper aware of the fact that you missed it. And then spending every time just fucking wondering what you should have done, what you could have done, why didn't you? Just an absolute fucking avalanche of questions and regrets. Try not to have them. It's inevitable. You'll have at least one or two. Try not to have a fucking ocean of them. So I went and had a great time. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like it, doesn't it? Uh, the game was fantastic. It was If you didn't see Michigan and TCU, even not as a football fan, if you watched it, it's like a circus. And in the the fourth quarter, the third quarter alone, there was like five touchdowns. Uh, fans were going crazy. Uh, the only sad thing was, like I said, my friend is a huge Michigan guy. And it started, I mean, Michigan all of a sudden was down 14 to nothing. And I, I still, we had no... We were we thought for sure they'd come back. It was going to be fine, and they did. They actually cut it to three points right at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And it's just a matter of inches, man. They gave up like a seventy-five yard pass because a blitz didn't get home, and they just you know. And TCU played their asses off. I don't want some fucking horned frog fan going. You don't disrespect the frog, whatever the fuck. I mean, they they did like you know. Justin and I talked about it. TCU did everything they needed to fucking do. They played a perfect game. Because, look, they scored 51 points and turned the ball over three times. I mean, that's fucking, that's unheard of. And it's because they had two pick sixes. It's just, they just played a fucking amazing game. They just, it was, and, and you know, Michigan didn't play the game they should have played, but they, they had a stride, too, where they looked unfucking touchable I mean, they outscored TCU 39-31 in the second half and lost. Again, it, it all came down to four things. It was like two pick sixes. Michigan ran a fucking Philly special down on the two on fourth and goal, which made no fucking sense. And Michigan fumbled on the goal line. So literally, they, they gave away essentially 28 points. And it's funny, Justin Justin said that with the, even if they gave a field goal on the fourth on the Philly special, that's still that's 24 points they gave away. It's true. They did. And man, that did just nothing you can do about it. It wasn't their day. So, you know, TCU moves on, and now I can, because they're, they've moved on, I can absolutely root for TCU and be happy. TCU in Georgia is this coming Monday, and I can sit there and go, you know, and say, go Frogs! I'm excited about them. Good for them. I want them to win. Uh, I want them to win for their fans who've never seen that sort of thing. I want them to win because I think it's good for college football. They're expanding the playoff, I believe, next year. So anything that gets more kind of not Power 5 teams involved, 
makes me happy. That's much more fun as a sports fan. I mean, and look, there is something to say about watching Titans slug it out. If Georgia would have played Michigan or, you know, Georgia played the Ohio State, because also that game was fucking bananas. Um, those are fun. I mean, I don't want to see Alabama on board. Alabama is the Patriots of college football. I don't want to fucking see them anymore. I don't I don't doesn't mean I don't think they're great. Doesn't mean I, I disrespect what they've accomplished. But as a fan, you, you just don't want to see Alabama anymore. And now we're getting there with Georgia. We got there with Clemson. You know, there are certain teams, Ohio State, you just don't want to see them. Michigan at least was different. They're kind of a breath of fresh air uh, to see them in the college playoff. They've made it two years in a row now. Now, if they make it again next year, then by the fourth year, you'll be like, nah, all right, enough of this. Um, but it's it's worth it to me when when you see these underdog teams. Like I when Boise State beat Oklahoma in 2007, it was still the fucking greatest game. And they won on a Statue of Liberty play. It was fucking crazy. Go Google it. Go Google. I defy you. Even if you don't like football right now, go to YouTube. Well, not right now. You listen to this and I'm a genius. If you go to YouTube and you Google like Boise State, Oklahoma Fiesta Bowl, just watch the like, it's like probably a 12 minute truncated highlight video. Watch how crazy that game was. It's it's just an amazing entertainment. And Boise State was some team that everybody thought they were going to get worked. Now, I will say it works two ways. You know, Boise State played Oklahoma and Boise State wound up winning. And everybody's like, boy, this is fucking awesome. How great. And then uh, <laughs> in another game, Georgia wound up playing Hawaii. And everybody's like, yeah, Hawaii. Awesome that they sneak in. And then Georgia, I think, hung 60 on them. I mean, it was fucking depressing, you know, because fucking Hawaii is filled with a bunch of guys with fucking apostrophes in their names. They're not going to win this fucking thing. Don't ever bet on a football team that has four guys, four, more than four guys with apostrophes in their names. Uh, so Georgia thumped Hawaii. So it's like you can go, yay, Boise State. And they're like, uh, Hawaii. Uh, and even Cincinnati last year got kind of worked. So, um, but it's always fun to root for the underdogs. So I'm rooting for TCU. But I had a fantastic time in Arizona. We just, you know, uh, the weather was really kind of, it was rainy and raw. And they were just like, oh man, you're here for bad weather. And I'm like, I love this weather. Because again, uh, I look at it a different way. I look at it as being incredibly happy that I'm in a warm place with people I love when it's so terrible outside. And this is one reason why I, you know, I wish homeless people all the best and try to do what I can for them whenever I can, because I can't imagine what it would be like to be out there exposed to the elements. Because then at that point, look, man, your situation has turned so desperate, so bad that you're living on the street and then it feels like even the world turns against you when the weather decides to fucking pummel you. That's got to be unbelievably hard to deal with. Um, and that's why I've I've never taken for granted having a home because I was homeless as a kid. You know, I lived in cars, slept in cars and parking lots with our whole family and uh, lived in people's basements. And then I saw my mom getting told she had to leave. You know what I mean? And she had to take us. It's I never take it for granted. So to be in their warm house with petting their dogs, with football on the big screen and, you know, eating pizza or whatever. And, and while outside it was raw and raining and windy and you could hear it, you could hear the wind kind of blowing through. Uh, I, I love that. Even, even maybe even more than beautiful weather, beautiful weather. I love to go outside in, but when it's really bad, cause it's been, it was raining hard here, raining and windy here in LA. And it was down to like, you know, 50 degrees, which is cold for here and raining and with winds and sideways kind of rain. And uh, I loved it because I'm in my apartment and I'll oftentimes I'll literally sit here that you're going to laugh in the dark, no TV, no anything, no music, and just listen to the rain hitting the windows and the air conditioner. Uh, when I sleep, I sleep to rain sounds now on YouTube is it because my fan broke maybe, but also at the same time, I love rain and trains. So I go ahead and listen to that when I sleep. I am a grandfather without the grandkids to dote on. Look at me. Maybe I make you guys my grandkids. 
Oh, maybe I'll do that. I'll send all of you guys hard candies. If you, got, you know, everybody, here's a promise I make to all of you as listeners. If you approach me and I'm wearing pants, I will hand you a Werther's. <laughs> all right. Uh, fantastic time in Arizona. It was good. And uh, let's do it. Let's get out of here, right? Let's do some plugs. Why not? Why not? Why am I doing this? this I don't understand this whole segment of me and Lilia than just me. It's strange. Uh, hold on. I'm getting a new notification on my phone. I don't even want to see it. It's my phone is turned down. Folks, did you know I'm part of the Misfit Toys Co-op? I am. What? Yes, I am. Uh, it's me. It's never not funny. It's uh, Doug Loves Movies. It's the Todd Glass Show. It's No Fun with Jen Kirkman. Uh, I believe it's uh, Hey, Who's That in That Bush with Danielle and her friend. Those are all amazing shows. Check them out now. Download them. Listen. Give them a day in court and tell me how much I love all of them. Please don't tell me you love them more than mine because that will send me fleeing for the hills. I'll cry and be sad. You won't even believe it. I'll be I'll just be reduced to a puddle of tears. Always tell me you love me more than them. <laughs> what if that was true? Uh, but then again, nobody's going to write me and go, you know what, Mike? I actually like Doug Loves movies more than you. And I'd be like, I, all right. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this information, but good for you and us. Uh, never not funny. Doug loves movies. The Todd Glass show. No fun with Jen Kirkman. Go check them out right now. They are available where your finer podcasts are dispensed. That's the misfit toys co-op. I'm proud to be a part of them. Hold on. What's happening. Oh, we're picking up where we left off at 2023. Still got to get, I think we're, I think we're probably 2000 behind. No, I've done more than 23, right? I don't know. Who knows? Uh, folks, you want to hire me for cameo? Of course. Oh, wait, before that, let's talk about the other podcasts who love us. The Paranoid Strain podcast is my fantastic friend, fearful Jesuit, and his faithful companion, Danny Unicorn. They are going through the trials and tribulations of the world. They are tearing apart conspiracy theories, tearing them asunder, if you will, showing you the soft white underbelly of all these people and their nonsense. Uh, and right now, you know, we've got some bullshit going on in the, I don't know if you've been paying attention to what's going on in the, what do I call it? The house of representatives They're trying to elect a, a leader, a leader of some sort. And, uh, right now it's being held hostage by these, it, it, look, people call them the, what are the crazy, the crazy caucus. I don't know what the fuck people are calling them. All right. But I, I'm going to say this, this has been going on now for like five days where they refuse to elect a speaker. They refuse to flip. They're not giving their votes. It's, it's. It's nutty fucking as a fruitcake Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert. And they've even lost this like MTG or MGT Marjorie Taylor. Yeah, MTG. She's she's on the side of the majority at this point. But it's these 20 hardliners uh, last time I checked and they refuse to flip. All right. They're out there and they're like, nah, man, we're voting for who. I mean, are they are they serious or unserious? I don't know. I can't parse it along. I mean, I, I look, they're unserious when they're voting for Donald Trump to be the Speaker of the House. Yes, that's unserious. But they're they're holding the House hostage and just sending a message to Kevin McCarthy and they're getting concessions. And here's the thing. As much as I don't agree with these fucking people. All right. I, I think you honestly have to respect that they won't cave. They won't give up. They they continue to do this every single vote. I don't agree with any of their fucking politics. I think they're fucking nuts. But. A lot of people are saying this is like an attention getting stunt, but they're ignoring the fact they are getting the concessions that they want. Every time they beat this guy, he comes back with more bullshit for them, putting them on committees, giving them snap votes, all this kind of dumb shit. And then they turn the screws on him and they get more. It's fucking working. Yes, we're all laughing at them. People are like, oh, ha ha, it's hilarious. This is so funny. But they're fucking winning. 
Maybe, and again, I don't know, what the fuck do I know about politics? I'm a, I'm a fucking comedian. But maybe if progressives, you know, your AOCs and your Ilan Omars and, and people like that, if, if they did something like this, maybe we'd be getting Medicare for all or at least working toward it or having a discussion about it or some other equally important fucking policy, right? Don't you think? If, if progressives somehow held a line and, and held other people accountable and you're going to be like, well, both sides or the other side or the majority and all this shit. Yes, I know. And please recognize again, I'm a fucking, I'm a comedian. I'm just giving my thoughts. But these people are doing exactly what they were elected to do. People voted for these people and, and wanted them to disrupt the way that government fucking works. And they are doing it. And they refuse to cave, even in the face of the fucking blowtorch of the media and the fucking fellow Republicans who make fun of them and call them crazy. They are holding the fucking line and getting shit they want. I, I, I again, I think they're fucking bananas. But at the same time, what they're doing is fucking working. And and you have to look at it and just be like, man, oh, man, at least, you know, they're bananas. But they got the fucking courage of their bananas convictions. You know what I mean? They're fucking they're holding it down. I mean, if this was for attention, all right, because people are saying that, too. This is for attention. This is all so people will fucking notice them. Well, dudes, if this is for attention, they could have stopped after two fucking days. You know what I mean? If, if this was for fucking attention, they could have done it for one vote and said, OK, we got our point across. Um, but but they've kept going. They're really fucking with things. And as warped as they fucking are, this is taking solidarity and conviction to do what the fuck they're doing. Because there have been tons of hollow gestures in the past. Point of parliamentary procedure. We, some protest vote or bullshit. Someone thinks they're sending a message. They think they've got their point across after disrupting one fucking vote. But these motherfuckers are dug in and they will not back the fuck off. Again, nuts. I don't, they're not my fucking cup of poison. But at the same fucking time, they are doing it and making it work to their fucking advantage. 20 people are holding the fucking line and constantly getting concessions and embarrassing the fuck out of the guy who's going to be the Speaker of the House. Eventually, McCarthy's going to get it. I mean, I don't think he's just going to fucking bail. They're going to figure some way out to get it to him. But man, oh, fucking man, it is wild to watch these 20 people not only disrupt the fucking House of Representatives, but get concessions every single time they do and then still hold the line and get more fucking concessions. It's crazy. And, and as crazy as they fucking are, uh, what they're doing is fucking working. And I, you know, I would never vote for them. I don't agree with what they're fucking doing, but maybe, maybe, maybe if somehow there were some sort of progressives who tried to hold Democrats instead of sending me fucking emails all the time, telling me I got to go vote for, for, I got to give money to Georgia or I got to vote for this person or that person. Uh, if there were progressives who went, you know what, man, we're a block of fucking 20 and we're not with you. We're not voting with you until you give us this. And then, you know, you can see right now how effective this is. There was a clip of Matt Gates talking to AOC. There was a clip of Matt Gates. They're on the floor and they're talking and people tried to read their lips and figure it out. And everybody's like, oh, my God, why is she talking to him? Or, oh, my God, why are they talking together? And I can only hope who AOC, who I believe is smart. And I think she she is someone who wants to make things right. And I can only hope that she's watching what's happening here and going, you know, and getting emboldened and going, you know what? We could do this. We could actually fucking do this. Instead of being part of the machine and playing the game, you could actually fucking throw a wrench into the works and try to fight for things that people want and need. Who knows? 
I mean, cause like these people aren't fighting for things that people want and need. They just want more crazy invested in their crazy, but I'm saying, and again, yes, I know you're going to be like, but I voted for them. And I believe, yes, I, I know we disagree on politics and that's fine. Uh, but what I'm saying is that if somehow the, uh, the, the Democrats, if the, a, if AOC were to lead a gang of 20 who would refuse to play ball, who the fuck knows what they could accomplish. And you know, who's good at, uh, at tearing these kinds of things apart? Fearful Jesuit and Dana Unicorn over there on the old Paranoid Strain podcast. In five years, they'll be doing a segment on what's happening right now. You're watching in real time uh, something that eventually Fearful Jesuit and Dana Unicorn are going to fucking tear apart and show you the real machinations of. And that's why you should subscribe to this podcast. You find it wherever the best podcasts are. Uh, you listen to them doing their amazing work all over the goddamn place. Go ahead and follow and subscribe to their show, please. And also, if you would, uh, if you want to write them a note and tell them you heard about it here, that's fantastic. Leave a review in the iTunes podcast space and uh, and say, hey, uh, I love this goddamn show. That helps him out, really. And so, so your voice can be heard. Go ahead and leave him a review uh, and subscribe to the show. Most importantly, subscribe and listen because goddamn, it's really good work. The Paranoid Strain, podcast available wherever you find your finer podcasts here and everywhere. Now let's talk about our great friend David. Who's that? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, David Hernandez is my good friend, and he runs the show over there at the Flemcat Podcast. What? Yeah, that's right. It's four words. The Flemcat Podcast. And it's Flem, P-H-L-E-G-M, in case you don't know how to spell it. The Flemcat Podcast is available also wherever finer podcasts are given or sold. You can find out, first of all, from David, uh, all the cool things that he's got going on in his life. If you want to be his friend at Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez, sign up over there. Also, you can peruse all of his artwork and stuff that he's done there in his photos section and possibly, maybe, get him to do uh, some artwork for you. Wouldn't you want that? Don't you want this man to do some artwork for you? Why, I would imagine you would. Would. And you can go ahead and buy that directly from him. If you go to Facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez and go through his uh, photos, you'll see his sections of his artwork and see. Uh, and just recently, he started uh, he started painting a guy named Doug. Maybe you buy a Doug for yourself. Why not? Uh, but then listen to the podcast, the Flemcat podcast. He's just kicked off year four of the Flemcat podcast. More merriness, mer- merriment, more merry, <laughs> happiness and merriment with Derek and uh, and David and all the other cast of characters he's got over there. There's songs, there's frivolity. Go check it out, please. Uh, the uh, Flemcat podcast available wherever iTunes or Spotify or Amazon, wherever your finer podcasts are given out for free because his show is free all the time. Now, eventually he may go to a pay uh, type scale, although that isn't anytime soon as far as I know. But check, you know, but if you subscribe to it, then you'll know more than I will. Why don't you do that? Because I, I already subscribed to the goddamn thing. Uh, but if you subscribe, you're a better listener than me. So you'll go ahead and be able to glean in between the lines what he's saying and you'll read. You'll figure it out. Put on your Swami hat and deduce what's going on with him and Derek. The Flemcat podcast available now. Check it out. Leave a review, too, as well. You can do that. Leave a review in the iPunes. Uh, oh, my God. Don't get me started on iPunes. Uh, you, you don't even want to know where you got to plug that in. Uh, <laughs> so check it out in the iTunes podcast space and please leave him a review. That'd be great. Who wants to hire me for cameo? Is it you? You know, this stuff that you just heard for the past hour or whatever the fuck, wouldn't you want this, uh, in a, in bite size form on your phone? Of course you would. And wouldn't you want to see me doing it? See my face as I talked it out. I think you would. Uh, I'm here at cameo waiting to be hired for birthdays, for anniversaries, uh, for Memorial day for a president's birthday, for Eddie Van Halen's birthday. That's coming up this month for uh, Lincoln and uh, for, for the birthday of the Roosevelt's Theodore and FDR uh, and uh, Eleanor. 
I'm, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt, Eleanor Rigby. I'm here for Eleanor Rigby. I'm here for John Regi, television writer John Regi, his birthday. Whatever you want me to do, guys. I'm available at Cameo. It's bookcameo.com or you put the Cameo app on your phone and then you will find my face and then you'll say, hey, he's great. And then I will have to agree and hire me to do some cool stuff. You want to just send, uh, you want to become a patron of this show? After today, why would you not? And wait till you hear what I got coming up with Lily. Jesus Christ, this is a funny show. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, did I say, did I, did I cross the line a bit? Maybe. Am I, let me, let me ask you this. Here's a word I don't often use. Would you say that some of this humor today is uh, though a uh, stream of consciousness also outlandish perhaps. Uh, but that's a yoke I'm willing to wear to bring the entertainment to the masses and the masses are you. Uh, patreon.com slash Mike four zero Y O B patreon.com slash Mike four zero Y O B. That's where you can become a patron of this show and send me some uh, support and tell me that you want me to continue doing this thing that I've been doing for 13 years, going on 14 years, soon to be 15 years. My God, will he ever shut up? He won't. Patreon.com slash Mike four zero Y O B. Thank you for thinking of me. Everybody out there who's a patron. It makes me very happy. And it's uh, it's actually much needed at this point. Um, but you're nice to go ahead and come through for me. Although 2023, we've got big plans. Uh, certainly the, hopefully things will be, uh, changing for the better all over the place, all over this great land of ours, starting with my apartment. Uh, if you just want to send me a chunk of cash, if you don't want to handle that Patreon nonsense and it's not nonsense, really, it's the lifeblood of my existence. However, if you want to just go some uh, other route, go to Mike And in the upper right-hand corner, uh, there's a little horn boy that says donate. You click on that. You can send me a chunk of dough, uh, via the old, uh, PayPal. That'd be pretty cool. Helps me out immeasurably like our good friend Maddie did. Maddie thought of me for Christmas and sent me something. Thank you, Maddie. You're an amazing person. I will answer you uh, via email or send you a note possibly on Facebook. But Maddie, you were nice enough to think of me and it made me very happy. Thank you so much for going ahead and stepping up. Be like Maddie. Be a patron at Patreon. Be someone who gives us send something via PayPal. Uh, you're an amazing person if you do those things. Thank you so much for thinking of me and thinking of uh, this podcast and my life. Uh, I look, I don't know what you say anymore. It's my life. I don't care what you say anymore. Right. I don't know. I'm not going to quote Billy Joel all day. All right. Cameo, Patreon, PayPal, Paranoid Strain, Flemcat, all of the Misfit Toys people. Hey, did you know I've got uh, channels that you can check out? I do. YouTube.com slash the 40 year old boy. Click, 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 YouTube.com slash the 40 year old boy. I have videos over there. I will tell you there are the archives of this podcast are over there. I can tell you that the last few podcasts I put up have received copyright strikes because of the music I've used in them. And that is not fun. Here's my favorite thing. You'll get the note and they'll be like a copyright uh, issue has been raised by, you know, Apple music, which uh, I actually I told you the Beatles one time raised one because I used one of Max's songs. And I just loved that Apple, uh, the, you know, the, the label that the Beatles owned was was listening to this fucking nonsense <laughs> just the ghost of george harrison is like why well, is he talking about football so much uh i don't know what that was that was not liverpudlian i can tell you that um but any of those copyright strikes make me laugh because it'll say uh this your video doesn't have to come down uh but they are monitoring it i'm like who the fuck is my, some poor idiot and fucking uh you know warner brothers records has to listen to this show to hear what else happens. And I'm sure everybody's like, there's some cultivating bot, whatever, that hears a sequence of notes. I don't fucking know. All I know is they're like, you can't monetize this episode or any money that comes from it will go directly to these people. And I'm like, fantastic. God knows things haven't gotten worse for me. And God knows the Beatles need my four cents. So good for them. 
Uh, so youtube.com slash the 40 year old boy, go listen to a bunch of stuff. So the Beatles make some money, please. They're fucking hurting. I know Yoko needs a quarter. So go ahead and step up and fucking listen. Uh, also twitch.tv guys. Now this is important. I have twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. This is a, uh, this is me streaming live. I stream video games. What? Yes. Right now we're still in the middle of God of war Ragnarok where it's uh, Kratos and Atreus and Freya. And they're friends with Sidri and Brock and then Tyr, the pussy giant and uh, all sorts of fun things. And we're going all sorts of lands. There's Midgard. There's Adsgard. We're visiting all the guards uh, and wreaking havoc. We're catching all the uh, the worms in Svartalheim. We're doing all these important things. And you can watch me do them at twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow the channel for free, and that would be great, please. I need followers. But also you can subscribe now, you can subscribe with your own money, or you can actually use Jeff Bezos' money by subscribing with your Amazon Prime subscription, and that sends me uh, $2.50. Now, it sends me $5, but Twitch gets half, so that's great. Uh, and it, it keeps me in uh, streaming business. So why not follow or subscribe at twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy? And I'll tell you this, even if you don't want to follow or subscribe, come check it out, participate in the stream, watch me play the game, see if it's entertaining or fun, and then you can decide to follow or subscribe, right? Why, you know what, why buy the milk when the cow is free? That doesn't apply in here at all. But, but still, at the same time, I wanted to say it. It's what popped into my brain. Why, why pay for something that you don't know what it is, I guess is what I was trying to say. Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Come and check me out. I'm doing all sorts of fun things back and forth and uh, having a great time. And I'm excited for this new year, guys. I am so thrilled. Uh, I had, here's something that happened to me to start the new year. Brace yourselves for this cool thing. Uh, I'm building this up far too much, but this happened. I went into a local convenience store. I don't want to say which, and, uh, I wanted to grab a Sprite. I have been on a Sprite kick recently. Now in 2023, should I stop drinking soda? Yes. Is it on the agenda? Yes. I got back into soda during the pandemic. Cause remember I wasn't drinking it before then for the longest time. I would drink maybe a couple cans of soda a year or a soft drink from a, you know, cause I normally, I just drink water all the fucking time. And I started drinking these propels which I haven't had those in a really long time. Uh, I'm mainly a water guy, but I, when the pandemic came, everything went out the window. And like I said, I would put a 12 pack of cherry Coke in my fridge. I just had, cause I'm in the house. I had soda, whatever the fuck. And this contributed to me giving away all of my autonomy. But, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting away from that now, but occasionally I'll be like, ah, uh, because there's just something like, like I've said, when you drink a Sprite from McDonald's, it's like drinking electricity. Oh my Christ. It's so good. Uh, but I wanted a Sprite. So I ran into a convenience store and, uh, and, and here's, you should be proud of me here because at my local convenience store, a couple places, it's two sodas, two 20 ounce sodas for $4. Uh, but it's two fifty nine for like a soda on its own or two twenty nine, And, and I, my brain, I'm always like, oh, I should just get and save 58 cents. Well, you know, fuckhead, you're not saving 58 cents. You're spending an extra $2. Uh, so I, this time I saw the label. I didn't even, I look, I didn't even think about it. Right. I looked at the thing where two for $4, I reached in to grab a Sprite. Now here's what I do. As you know, if you ever saw the milkmaids in, in clerks, they reach to the back of the fi- thing to get the best code date. Right. Well, that's how I feel about when I go into it, grab something out of a cooler. I reach back. I don't take the front soda because people have been fondling that and touching it. And I don't want to touch soda, uh, touched by an angel. Maybe but a touch soda by, by the public. Fuck no. So I'll reach back and I'll just grab a soda. And as long as it's cold, because sometimes when they stock the cooler, the warm ones are in the back. You don't, this is far too much information. So I read, but I reached back in the sprites and I reached about four back and it was cold. So I grabbed it and uh, I walked to the counter and I put it down and I went to grab my thing to pay. And the guy goes, Oh bro, you got a naked one. <laughs> and I looked down and there was no label on my Sprite. 
it was just a clear bottle with liquid inside and a green cap. And I was like, and I went, oh, uh, he goes, yeah, bro, a naked one. And I go, oh, so that means it's free, right? And he goes, oh, right. Yeah, of course. And I, I just laughed and I took my card and he goes, you know what? Yeah, take it. <laughs> and I looked at him and I go, what? He goes, yeah, go ahead. It's fine. It's free. It's you, you won. And I went, well, no, I don't want to get in trouble. There's, I, it's okay if you bring, and he goes, no, no, go take it before I change my mind. <laughs> and I said, okay, thanks dude. And I grabbed it and I, and I'd run cause you know, I don't want to look like I'm an accomplice, but I took it and I walked out and I, I, it's so funny because he can't ring it up cause there's no code on it, but I would have had to go get another soda with the label but I love to. I love that he corrupted himself in that moment. Like if that was the moment, because I've had that moment at a job. Well, I mean, you know what? Fuck this, man. I, I told you the second time I worked at Seven Eleven, I ate like four hot dogs and drank a bunch of chocolate milks, and I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here, and I did. I left. And this my guy who was working was like, Mike, 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 and I just walked out to my car and I drove away. I was like, fuck this, I quit. Um, so I've had that moment, and I wonder if that was his epiphany. I wonder if for some reason if that was the moment that he was just like, you know what? Yeah, fuck this and fuck them. Take that Sprite and run with it. I was like, he was like Damon Wayans. You take these bananas. He was like, just, but I, I loved his whole vibe and I put it on the counter. I didn't even look and he just goes, oh, you got a naked one, bro. <laughs> and a fucking nude Sprite. I'm buying a nude Sprite. And I'm like, oh, it's free then, right? Nah, yeah, right. Oh yeah, you know what? Take it. <laughs> just he had that pivot. He turned on a goddamn dime and gave me a free naked sprite. And you know what I see that as? A metaphor for 2023. You can think it's one thing, but all of a sudden the sun comes out and everything's bright going forward. That's how I prefer to view this coming year. This entire world is this entire fucking year, 2023, is just a naked sprite at the back of the fucking soda train, and I'm gonna reach in and grab it. And I hope you do too. Uh, all right, here's some commercials <laughs> so I can make four cents. And uh, and then uh, I got well, I got to keep up with the Beatles with this commercial. And then uh, Lily and I talked for an hour and I, I, two hours, I think. Oh, Jesus. I don't know. All right. Uh, Happy New Year. And let's all make 2023 the best. You know what? Let's all seize our own naked sprites this year. Won't you join me? <laughs> See ya. Oh, oh, am I supposed to speak? Oh, oh my goodness. I, I, sorry about that. Good Lord. I, you know, it's been a while uh, since I've been involved, certainly in a dual conversation. Hey, what's happening? I'm Mike Schmidt, 40 year old boy podcast. I may have already said that before this. I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, do you have a dump button? Cause it looks like you were coughing and I heard nothing. That was craziness. How did that happen? I do. Oh, you do have a dump button. How amazing. All right. Uh, do you have a dumper button, which is a completely different thing. And I, we got to get X tube involved possibly. No, I just have mute. You can uh, yourself and cough. Where? How? I don't know how to do that. I don't say, no, actually don't tell me because I don't want to fucking know because I'll hit mute and then my computer will never record again. <laughs> There'll be some bullshit that steps up because I'll hit the wrong button. And it'll be, oh, look, it's the mute button. And I didn't realize it was for the all eternity or, or it was like <laughs> something that was hardwired into my vocal cord so I could never speak. It's like, you know what? You have a, you have a mute button. I have an Endora button. It says mute, but I click on it and it's like Endora in fucking Bewitch. And she's like, well, Durwood, you say you don't want to say anything? Clung. She blinks her eyes and fucking we can't hear Dick York talk the rest of the goddamn episode. And I know what you're thinking to yourself. Mike chose Dick York over Dick Sargent. Oh, contraire. If I was watching the show, I would absolutely be a Dick Sargent guy. He's the original Durwood. 
and he's my bewitched Derwood. If I if I have a preference, it's a Dick Sargent, but Dick York was easier to say, and it was shorter. So there you go. What are the odds they cast a couple of dicks for that show, right? Was that a, was that an edict that's coming from the producers? You are so muted still. I mean, I can't hear anything. No, You're not. talking. You were. No, no, was okay, now you. I heard that. Oh, I'm I, sorry. My microphone is off to the side today. Oh it's God. back in front of me again. I almost knocked the thing over next to me. And so me when I reached to catch it, I had to push my machine forward. Did you not watch the training video? What has happened? <laughs> no, I Lord, wrote I, the training video. I sent a link. I told you this is something you need to be up to speed on. It's it's uh, and I'm it's only it'll take you like three hours to take it like traffic school. That's not an issue, really. Uh, you've got plenty of time. What are you doing over there besides laying down with a hip? So go ahead and take this thing. Learn how to podcast. It's a, you know, I should do that. I should make a uh, like a podcasting tutorial video and send it out there like traffic school, like a choose your own adventure deal. So either you have a successful podcast or you're eaten by a minotaur. See that that's a that's a perfect chance. It depends on what door you choose. How are those two things related in any way? Well, obviously, you've been out of the game for a while. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot said, of minotaurs? You've dipped your toe back in here recently. But once this thing blew up, everybody got involved. There's satyrs, there's minotaurs, there's a wisp. <laughs> you don't want to fucking listen to any of their podcasts. Minotaurs are pretty interesting, except their whole life's in the tunnel. Like, that's all they got. They're in the fucking tunnel. So what? Sater, now that's a podcast you want to listen to, because he's fucking girls and horses. He's got the whole fucking crew. But a wisp... <laughs> The Wisp is more of an AMSR guy. He's not, <laughs> oh, he's not really, he doesn't have a lot of interesting stories about being a Wisp. He's just more, he's like, that's a Wisp podcast, which uh, which just sounds like you left your TV on overnight in 1976. <laughs> and they, they played the national anthem, and then the Wisp podcast played until 5 o'clock in the morning when the Farm Report came on with our good friend Orion Samuelson over there at WGN Television. Orion Samuelson um, did the farm report and he looked like, this is really funny. Uh, it's not funny at all to anybody, but I'm going to preface it by telling you, this, this is what's known as leading the receiver. It's really <laughs> funny. So then you'll laugh at it in a second and you go, why did I laugh at that? Because he told me it would be really funny, even though it won't be. Uh, Orion Samuelson was a Chicago broadcaster and uh, he had like Cupid doll lips. This is a man giving me grain futures. <laughs> And yet he had he had the most kissable mouth you've ever seen in the history of television. It was crazy. He had a clutch cargo mouth, if that makes any sense to anybody out there. How old is this show, by the way? Bewitched, clutch cargo, and fucking minotaurs? My God. We gotta spruce it up. Let me, let me uh, let's talk about Megan the Stallion. How about that? And uh, <laughs> and tuna soup or whatever I just read about her. So or Tina soup or Tina, whatever. I don't know, but I want to talk about tuna soup. Oh, it's so delicious, my God. Yeah, it's great. It's raw. I'll tell you that. Get, you gotta eat your tuna soup raw. Really, you gotta you know, don't, don't cook the tuna soup. I gotta be honest with you. I love a raw tuna. Like I love tuna, bluefin tuna. I love a, a, a sushi tuna, but you know, if you have a, if you have cooked tuna and I've had cooked tuna, I don't care for cooked tuna because it it loses all of its, because when you look at it in a sushi place, oh my God, it's just, it's ruby red. It, it looks inviting. It looks like something you want to chomp into. It's so delicious, but then you put it, you cook it. It loses all of its color. It just turns like white, like tuna white. I don't want to put anything white in my mouth. That didn't sound good at all. Hold on. <laughs> check, check that. I, I apologize. Please don't ignore me. Ignore what I just said a second ago. Anything white can go into my mouth. That I'm fine. absolutely did not sound right? good at all. I don't know. Wasn't even, this is what happens when you just careen off the tracks. You know what I mean? There's no breaks for this fucking thing. We're all saying we went the from. Minotaurs when we need them? They're in the tunnels. I just mentioned to you that they're in the That's their whole podcast. Oh, I found another painting. Good for you, fuckhead. You're in a tunnel. Of course you did. And you know what? Odds are you did that painting and fucking forgot about it because you're wandering <laughs> these endless fucking Minotaur-laden tunnels. I don't, know if there's a, I don't know if they're laden. Is there a bunch of Minotaurs down there? Are they? Is there? Let me. All right. Let's. This is worth unpacking. 
Is it one minotaur per tunnel, or is it a series of connected tunnels filled to bursting with minotaurs? How does that work? Is it just minotaurs, you know, can, I, I picture minotaurs doing stop and go traffic back and forth through the tunnels, and it's got like one of those 50s songs, like when they're showing the 50s, they show the post office, ding, 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 and the minotaurs are just like crossing the street. They got a whole, I don't know if there's a street in the tunnels. I don't know if they have complex traffic signals. Maybe there are. Maybe there are red and green. Well, let me ask you this. Is, is green, does green mean go to a minotaur? And I, I don't mean that in a sexual sense. I mean that in a crossing the street sense. If a minotaur somehow clambered to the surface world, let me ask you this. If a minotaur somehow clambered into the surface world uh, and came to a traffic light, would he even know what to do? Would he stop like the other? Would he would he observe humans and go, well, this is clearly what they do up here. I will stop. Uh, but if he saw the green, would he go? Would he stop? Would he see the red and think that was a thing? And then would he be clipped by somebody in a fucking Fiero? That's not good. And I got to be honest, you're totaling your Fiero if you hit a Minotaur. I, think, <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt about it. You can talk to yourselves to your blue in the face and tell you that it wouldn't happen. But if you're in your Fiero and you're cruising along and a Minotaur clip clops into the crosswalk and you fucking clip him. First of all, he's in the crosswalk. Slow the fuck down. That's on you. And second of all, your Fiero is a fucking huge paperweight at that point, because there is no way a Minotaur doesn't fucking destroy your Fiero on first contact. God damn it. Right. Hear me I out. have no clue. Come on. You know I'm right. Don't say I'm not right. <laughs> I, I just don't have a clue. I am right. not up on my minotaurs. <laughs> All right. Well, again, you've been out of the game, as I've mentioned, clearly. Uh, it's time for this speculation. Do me again. What? Just please watch the training video. You would have known everything <laughs> if you would have just given it a play and sit back. And it's not. I always love when people do that. They're like, you know, it's not. It doesn't take that long. And then you, you click on because I just had to take. Uh, here's what I had to do. All right. Brace yourselves. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, as Elvis Costello would say, welcome to the working week. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to, uh, make money so I don't die. Isn't that a weird concept? It is, but it's true. Uh, and, and I've reached about the end of this, right? Everything. I, I, I can't, <laughs> this whole thing of slip sliding and dodging the raindrops is pretty much no longer attractive when you're 55 and you got to go, Hey, you know what? Eventually. I'm going to get a tumor. <laughs> so I got to, I got to make sure I got a, I got a satchel full of cash to hand to a guy with a scalpel to go, Hey, cut this thing off of me. I've got work to do. <laughs> what a failure. So, uh, so I, I, I who have nothing, I have to get back to, uh, the real world. I have to work. And I am, that doesn't mean that, you know, this still continues clearly. And the, the, the dream is alive. Certainly it's uh, it's zipped up in a bag, like and staring at Peter Coyote right now. I'm not going to lie it yet. It is, it is very much like E.T. when they grabbed him and threw him in the freezer and he's staring up and going, what's happening here? I need a kid on a bike to fly past the moon and save my ass. Uh, so so I've been looking into any and all means uh, to, to acquire means, I guess is the best way to put it. Any, I'm looking for means to acquire means who among you will help me acquire means. Um, so I mentioned the training video, you know, there's a, there's a company out there, um, company racket. I don't know. It's a line is thin these days, uh, called Uber. If you know, if you're aware of, uh, of Uber, uh, you can, you can go ahead and, uh, get an app on your phone and you press a button and a convict comes and picks you up. <laughs> <laughs> it's either it's either a convict or an immigrant it all depends on what day of the week it is and what time of night it is but you are going to get a convict or an immigrant you're either going to get someone who has a tattoo of a dagger with their mom's name over it 
or a tattoo of a dagger with some district attorney's name on it. <laughs> he can't wait to find and avenge himself of. Uh, so one of those dudes is going to pick you up. <laughs> um, and now, and and leaping into the fray, going ahead and 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 trying to find his way through all the convicts and the immigrants is a uh, high. It's me, your friend Mike, born in America, never convicted of a crime. So I've decided, you know what? Let's class up the ranks a little bit and get myself involved. <laughs> Let's go out there and save these people from themselves. I'm going to keep you from having to ride with someone who had a bunco scheme when they were 25 years old. I'm going to keep you from having to ride with somebody who rode a fucking two by four over from Indonesia and was only able to stay alive by soaking their turban in the ocean and wringing the salt out of it so they can fucking possibly have something to drink on the trip. So I will go ahead and be your, I'm it. I'm the touchstone to normality that you will find in Uber. You're only, you got to be lucky enough to have me. It's like a slot machine. You got to hit the button. You're like, oh, come on. Come on, Mike. Come on, Mike. No whammies. No whammies. Stop. Stop. I got in Sung Nam. Oh, no. Not Sung Nam. Here he comes in his Prius that he's seen better days with. Uh, oh, come on, Mike. Come on, Mike. Do, 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 do. Come on, Mike. Do, 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 do. Bing, stop. Stop on a guy named Marcus who may or may not have killed his mother. God damn it, Marcus. <laughs> so close to Mike. So close to Mike. I was right there. Um, so here I am. I'm about to bound. And look, I am, if anything, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats, right? So I'm here to rise <laughs> the tide and lift Sung Nam and Marcus's boats. Let's go to the top, shall we? Oh, uh, come on, Mike, come on. Stop on Joey, a guy who once punched his brother with a screwdriver in his hand. No! Uh, all right, so don't, don't ride with Joey. Stay away from Joey. But you never know. And look, i got to be honest with you. It's not like Joey has in his driver description, once punched my brother with a screwdriver in my hand. I mean, clearly, Joey wants to bury that fact. <laughs> How do you lead with that if you're Joey? Are you proud of it? Maybe he's proud of it. Who knows what his brother did? Fuck his brother. He deserves a fucking screwdriver punch. <laughs> Maybe. Um, could be. You never know. Come on, just fucking he wedged it into like a Wolverine claw and just fucking punched his brother right in the old fucking cheekbone, smashed it. Uh, Joey. All right. So I, uh, I, I'm going to uh, dive back into the Uber. Now I'm going to ask you, Lily, I, I know you're constantly looking for something to do, some sort of work. Would you care to join Uber with me? Would you like to go ahead and sign up? I can't you think drive. you could go ahead? Pardon me? I can't drive. Well, it's good. Here it is for you. This is just up your alley. Uber has added jazzies to the roster. I don't know if you're aware of this. So you can just roll up on your jazzy and pick up somebody in their Lay's potato chips and drive them on your lap. That's a fantastic plan. No one that close to me. Or you know what? For the low, low price of $175 a week, Uber will allow you to rent a sidecar for your jazzy so the person doesn't have to sit in your lap. So you will only have to spend $700 of a month of your own money to have a sidecar so you can drive oh around my. looking like fucking Batman and Robin on a bat cycle. Um, Jazzy taxi. How great. Scoop people up. That's a conversation. You know what that is? That's like, what was the movie where the guy drove across country on a fucking lawnmower? Remember that? Oh that was another movie. Everybody's like, hey, it's great. It's going to win an Oscar. And I'm just like, oh, good. Fucking some Wilford Brimley looking motherfucker with a bushy mustache on a goddamn fucking it was, uh, Richard. It's, I, 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 again, too, I know I remember it, but I, I, right? I I'm being bombarded like by that. Richard Linklater's and Richard uh, Jenkins's, and it wasn't any of those guys, but it was an old dude. And again, and that's back to Dick's. Uh, well, the, <laughs> we sure are. Dick York, Dick Sargent, Richard Lawnmower, they're all here. 
uh those movies are always the ones that make it at oscar time too it's always terrible at least it used to be that way where it would be there'd be some old veteran who had once fingered natalie wood against her will and then he's 90 <laughs> and then they're giving him a fucking oscar even though all of his transgressions in the past are fucking awful and horrible uh am i talking about kirk douglas i might be um uh, but i shouldn't say that out loud michael douglas is still here he might be litigious uh, are you aware of the, the Kirk Douglas accusations? Yes, I am. Yeah, it was it was Natalie Wood, right? Not Audrey, not Audrey Hepburn. I think it was Natalie Wood. Yeah. I don't know. The two of them are feathers of the same feather. Honestly, they both just they both just dropped off of a talented blackbird and landed in Hollywood and got jobs instantly because they both weigh four pounds uh, and are amazing, talented actresses who didn't have to go through the bullshit they went through, but they fucking did because Kirk Douglas is a handsy pork chop. They all were though. Back then, uh, that was the trade. Stop. Errol Flynn wasn't like that. That was a guy. Errol Flynn was a, was a, a class act. He's no Fatty Arbuckle. He's no Kirk Douglas. He's no David Niven, whose face constantly smelled of unwanted pussy. Uh, his, he would just, it was, you're not, again, your microphone died and that's fine, but let the record show. Wow. Look, man, it's David wow. Niven. Unwanted. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. David Niven was oh. fighting him off. David Niven was like, no, ladies, I can't. But then when people, oh. when ladies were like, David, I'm sorry, we couldn't possibly. He's like, oh, really? And he took what he wanted. And he whistled that song from Bridge Over the River quite the whole time. Jesus <laughs> Christ. David Niven raping with impunity and whistling at the same time. You oh, don't want your man. rapist whistling. I'll tell you that right now. Nobody wants, I don't want a whistling rapist. I'll tell you this. I don't want a raping whistler. I'll tell you, I get that right out on the table right now. don't want any of it. Right. Oh. I'll take oh. a whistler. Look, I'll take a whistler. Although if a guy whistles during sex, he doesn't, not even a raping guy. Well, we'll throw that part out the window. <laughs> but if it's like a sex guy and you're like, uh, what if you, what if that happened? What if you met a guy and you're like, I kind of like this guy. You went and you had some lamb chops. Maybe you had a nice uh, bottle of wine. Everything's good. He builds a fire. And then he's, you guys start getting hot and heavy and the clothes start coming off. And he's just like, all right. And he gets like fucking, he's going to start missionary because he didn't want to start too crazy. And uh, he starts missionary and he just fucking, he like gets right in your face and you go to kiss him. And he just, he's just like, I can't whistle. This would be a better bit. God damn it. He just, yeah. I wish I could whistle. Fuck. This would have been a much funnier bit. Um, You know, it, it, I, yeah, they're out there. <laughs> Guys whistling the bridge over the Kwai song in your ear? I don't know, man. Uh, what else could you whistle? Like High Hopes? Probably do that. Uh, <laughs> just what makes that little old aunt. Uh, those are, that's got to be the least. Those are the least sexy songs. It's like a, a, a Tell's bit is the funniest bit of losing his virginity. Oh. He's like, you know, he goes, yeah, I lost, <laughs> I lost my, he goes, he's talking about who he lost his virginity to. And he just goes, uh. Yeah, he goes, uh, no, he goes, I have the worst song. He goes, I have the worst song you could ever yeah. lose your virginity. No, the worst song. Do, 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 do. It's a great bit. <laughs> wow. I can still feel her beard. Yep. Damn. David yep. Tell's a fucking genius. Uh, all right. What were we talking about? Potato chips and minotaurs? Where the fuck were we? Potato chips, minotaurs, dicks, and we were talking uh, about celebrity, old celebrities. That old dude on the fucking lawnmower. Yeah. See, that's the way it was. Always one of those fuck sticks would do some old movie. Like Art, Art Carney and Harry and Tonto. I don't remember exactly off the top of my head who he defeated, but he beat somebody in the best doc. I'm, I'm going to fucking Google it. I'm so mad at this. Hold on. <laughs> 
<laughs> Art Carney Oscar. Hold on, let's fucking find this because I he wound up beating somebody he had no business beating. And look, good for him because he was in the fucking honeymooners and he had to deal with fucking Jackie Gleason's goddamn rye breath the entire fucking time. <laughs> uh he beat brace yourself for this. Motherfucker. Hold on. It's I, I don't know why this is taking forever to <laughs> All right, hold on. Oh, oh, dude. What year was this first? 75. Okay. Alone, alone that tells you he'd be yeah. a handful of geniuses. I, yeah. I, I can just tell you two. I wouldn't even tell you all the nominees, but I can tell you two that he beat, and you're going to be like, what the fuck? Art Carney for Harry and Tonto, which is a movie about fucking Ed, Ed Norton, the plumber, living with his fucking cat. And I'm not even joking. It's like he's friends with a cat, and he meets Lily Tomlin. I think that's the plot of the entire fucking movie. <laughs> And look, Art Carney was a terrific actor in his day, but now it was like he was on his deathbed or he had some kind of, he had fucking, you know, fibromyalgia or some shit. They're like, you got to get this guy an Oscar before he fucking kicks it, right? Yes. And, and then, and that was the vote. They all got to get, because the Oscars in the old days, it was all, it was a secret society. They got in, they all voted in the same room. It wasn't like envelopes and online and pushing buttons. Everybody got into a room. They had a couple of highballs and they went, all right, who are we giving this Oscar to? Right. And they were like, well, we probably got to go with Carney, right? Because he's so fucking old. And everybody's like, yeah, Carney's old. Let's fucking do this. And someone raised their hands and said, excuse me. Did anybody in this room here see Godfather Part Two? <laughs> well, yeah, we did. And you're all aware that Al Pacino, the star of Godfather Part Two, <laughs> is nominated for this award alongside Art Carney. Yes, but Pacino's going to have many, many chances to win this award yeah, in the future. Don't you shit. agree? I don't agree. I think he should win it right now. And they said, well, you know what? We're going to go with Carney. Did you ever see the Honeymooners with the Hello Ball golf episode? <laughs> Fantastic work. Also, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. He, uh... He's in a movie here where a cat steals focus from him at all times, but we're still <laughs> going to give him the fucking award. That's what we're going to do. And they sufficiently shouted down the Pacino supporter, and they went, all right, everybody in favor of Carney? And a guy raises his hands, excuse me, I have one more question. I apologize. <laughs> and they said, yeah, and he goes, I understand you guys, you saw Godfather, and maybe you don't think Pacino, you'll see he's got plenty of opportunity. Go, yes, of course. What is your point? And he goes, did anybody in here see One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? <laughs> <laughs> And they said, yes, what's your point? And he goes, well, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Jack Nicholson was the star of that film, and he is nominated for an Oscar for this. And they just went, yeah, I hear you, and I hear everything you're saying. However, anyone can talk off, can work off of a Brad Dourif and a futurely famous Danny DeVito. Anyone could choke a Louise Fletcher to death. We're talking about a man who constantly was outacted by a cat. Aren't you aware of this? This is, this is Carney's award to lose, damn it. And they gave it to him. And, and what the fuck? So that's what I mean when fucking, when, when lawnmower idiot won it. I don't even know who he was going against. I'll find out later. <laughs> but fucking, inevitably, that's when you get your nomination. You know what I mean? When you're some 7,000 year old fucking Methuselah who once actually played Methuselah alongside Methuselah. You know, <laughs> Methuselah didn't even get the part of himself. That's how good an actor you were when you were younger. But now Methuselah's just like, fuck this, man. How am I not Methuselah in my own fucking movie? He's just a stand in for Methuselah. You can just a stand in. I'm the Methuselah. They're like, doesn't matter. You got to stand in because, as you know, it's very important that Sir uh, John Gielgud plays you in this movie because he's British and we all fucking whore ourselves out for British actors. God damn it. Carney's not even British. How the fuck does he even do that? How the fuck does Carney even do it? Unbelievable. 
Wait, was it Cuckoo's Nest? Hold on. I, I, I might have just ruined the whole bit. I'm going to check I and see. I don't know, but even if it wasn't, that was beautiful. <laughs> I apologize. Guy raises his hand and they go, yes, yes. And he goes, forget that I mentioned One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. None of you have seen it because it comes out in a couple of years. And I said, yes. And also Nicholson will win for that, right? Yes, he will. We promise he will. All right, then I don't need to discuss Chinatown with anybody here in the room, right? And they said, no, that's fine. <laughs> God damn, blew the bit off the top of my fucking head. Doesn't matter. It's I don't brilliant. like it. Oh, you're nice to say these things, even though you're lying, and that's fine. Uh, how are you? You're good? No. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry to hear it. Uh, none of us are good in the abstract, really, when you think about it. But uh, yeah. what else were we talking? We had something else we were discussing, man. Talked about we old dudes. Old dudes. Uh, actors uh, losing to other actors. I know exactly what we were discussing. Chips. By the way, are you on painkillers? What is wrong with you? You're, you really... You see, I slept woozy. two hours. Oh no! Why? Yeah. Uh, because of the physicalness. Yeah. Um. I, I I volunteered for New Year's to work at the Mayflower Club and help with making sure everything happened nicely. Now, and... oh, oh, let me. St- I got to stop you right there. Is that where they had the eyes wide shut party? No. The the orgy is it? Because no. it sounds like it. No. We're going to meet Tom it, Cruise where... and Nicole Kidman at the Mayflower Club. No, it's where we held the Hollywood Burlesque Festival, and I am holding my uh, deck release party again. And I've had some other shows there and stuff. Um, it's okay. a private club. It's really nice. It's you know, it's it's older. It's uh, it's kitschy and cool and all of that. But I just did too much on New Year's Eve because I haven't done anything in so long, and the adrenaline starts running, and you're around people, and you're making yeah. people smile, and so I did a lot. And then I got a new medication that I had taken and I have some problems. <laughs> yeah, you seem a little floaty. I'm so yeah. sorry about that. Well, it's you're okay. very nice so, to take the time. To so join sleeping me. is hard. And, um, yeah. it, it, you know, like I said, I've got another meeting at 115 and I've got a lot of stuff I've got to do today. And I'm just like, my energy levels are unlevel as I, as I talk to my doctor con- constantly, my temperatures and my energy level is completely unregulated. There is no way for me to make it all work. And so last night I was having another hip issue because the medication that I have helps with inflammation. But when you take the inflammation out, my joints can't support themselves at all. So pain and inflammation allows me to hold my head up without it. I can't hold my head up because my muscles are so jacked from, from it. So, so I'm just like kind of hunched over and exhausted from trying to hold my head up. Are you one of those dolls that when you press them in the back, their like limbs go ka-chung and they like totally flop? Yeah, yes, that's nice. yes, yes, yes. That. that that actually is a perfect <laughs> example of my entire body. I'm enjoying uh, the idea of being. It's like when they talk about how a car is being held together by rust. Yes, uh, you're being held together by pain and inflammation, and that's uh, that's. Uh, it's hard. It's, it's got to be unbelievably well, hard. Well, it's, it's interesting because I didn't really realize it. And, and let me tell you, doctors don't care. I, I am so fed up with the medical. I have a I have a referral to a doctor that I called my office and I'm like, why did you send me this referral? I got approved for it. But why am I going to this particular type of doctor? And the office basically went, I don't know. I'm going to have to talk to the doctor and call you back. And I'm like, yeah, because you sent me to the wrong doctor again. This is the second time that I was sent out for a referral for someone else's disease. Oh, boy. I, I'm ready to sue this doctor's office. That's how upset I am. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I just, I'm in support groups where I get more information about my health than I do from the five doctors that I currently have. Really? It's brutal. You this. If you sue this doctor, do you think you will live long enough to see a victory? 
probably not. <laughs> um, and that's, but, do you think that's kind of what they're, they're hoping for? The point is, at this point, I have decided that there are many people that should not be damaging other people in the medical industry. And all I'm going to do is get them removed from the medical industry. That right. is my entire goal at this point, because I'm afraid he's going to actually kill someone. Ugh. I literally... Again, when you get a referral from your doctor's office and you've had a long conversation about 14 different things, you you literally just call to make the appointment because you're like, oh, my referral came through and I'm, I'm calling and I'm like, why am I going to this type of doctor? And the last time I did this, I said, hi. And she looks and she goes, yeah, I have a referral for you, but I don't have anything about you or what you're here for or anything. And I'm like, yeah, that seems like a problem, right? Yeah. Where's the patient that needed that referral? Hmm. That's hmm. where I'm like, he's going to kill somebody. Yeah. It took it took four months for me to get the medication that I'm on because and, and when I talked to him, he goes, seems like we're having a hard time getting you your medication. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't find this funny at all. Well, I've been is, waiting yeah. for for four months to get approved for a medication that may change my life. Dude. Yeah. And yeah, then they sent it funny. to the wrong pharmacy. <clears throat> so it was like, bingo. Jesus Christ. What yeah. The hell, man. But there are four rheumatologists in my network. One is a misogynist pig that I will never go back to again. This guy who's going to kill me. And I'm like, what are the next two going to be? I feel like I'm playing that game. Um, oh, God, that was just on where everybody died in the, in the game. With the weird masks. And the uh, giant doll. <clears throat> Oh my goodness! That sounds like a fever dream of some sort. No, I, I it was know. that. It was that. It was Korean or Asian of some sort. I can't. I can't remember enough about it. Mm. But every time they would do the next level of the play, oh, squid, I'm like Squid Game. Squid Games. I'm like, what yeah. is the next fucking doctor going to be like? What is that jigsaw of hell that I'm about to go through? So well, anyway, I can, I can yeah, you, I, I can tell you this: if you referred to a Doctor Joey, a Doctor Marcus, or a Doctor Singnam, I would avoid all of them, quite frankly, because I I just don't see. Uh, but look, you just got to hope for Dr. Mike. You're literally in the same position as anybody ordering an Uber. You're like, oh, please give me Dr. Mike. You're Mike. Yeah. Oh, God. I wish I could just get in an Uber and as they're driving me somewhere, they diagnose me. Oh, see, that'd be perfect. Little, uh, oh, I would uh, love that. What could we call that? You got it. It's a medical Uber. So it would have to be some kind of fancy name. I, I just hmm. wish, I, I, I wish they would do like a doctor house where five patients come in and they just take you from start to finish till they solve your problems. Well, isn't he, but is it, wasn't he bananas? Like he would see, like someone would come in and be yes, like, I don't know what's happening. Is, and they'd be like, when you go into a doctor's office, they're like, well, we're going to order this test. And then you wait six weeks and it's like, okay, well that didn't give you anything. So we're going to order another test and I'll see you in six weeks. So you want five doctors who can fix it in an hour. I want five doctors that come in and, and look at all of it and go, yeah, it's probably not any of these things because I saw somebody else like you once. Yeah. And then they're like, let's order this obscure test. And then the test comes back and they're like, oh, yeah, that's absolutely it. But our system is you have to go A, B, C, D, E, F, G to get to Z, which is the most uncommon diagnosis for what I have. And they'll never get to Z because your doctor moves out of the system and you have to start over at A again every time. Jeez. Our system is so broke. I don't mean to bore you all with my health problems. Um, you know, I, I'm. we're all going to die, whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I literally am just blah. Well, Dr. House, I mean, he gives you, but see, that's the thing is he gives you this completely uh, uh, jaundiced look at the medical industry because all these, like you just said, you're going through tests A to Z, but Dr. House walks in and he's like, she has rubella. Yeah. And they're like, how, how would she have rubella? Look at her shoes. Yes. <laughs> like, wait, 
wait a minute. How the fuck do you know that? And then yet he, he did. He was right every single time. So that gives everybody this idea that they can go in and these physicians are going to be miraculous healers. <clears throat> and instead you get sucked into the bureaucracy and it turns into that nonsense. Well, again, the, the reason that people with EDS are called zebras is because when you're in medical school, and this is the exact analogy, when you're in medical school, most people are horses. If it looks like it and it walks like it and it has the gait, it's a horse. That's going to be what it is. Don't look for the rare stuff because it's rare. Treat your people because that's probably what it is. And that's great until you walk into your seventh doctor with two inches of tests and going, I'm obviously not a horse. And then yeah. they're like, well, let's test you for the horse diseases. Mm. And that that is the entire medical system when you have a disease that is out of the ordinary. Most of the time it's a cold. It's not it's not uh, encephalitis. Most of the time it is a, a cough. It's not, you know, although now it's with COVID ravishing everyone's bodies. Boy, is it coming up with some shit. Is it is it ever hoof and mouth disease? It is actually. One of my <laughs> friends had that not too long ago. She picked it up at a, on a cruise. Sounds like she's a horse. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. Pick it up but, on a cruise. What the, I, what do they, look, I know somebody who's on boats a lot. I didn't know they had animals on the boat. Can't you only get that from animals? No. <laughs> there no. was a, there, a Japanese wrestler, not, not, not even joking, uh, a wrestler named, I think, Kenta in Japan mm -hmm. uh, had hoof and mouth disease. And he's, I think he's still out of action. He's missed quite a bit of action. Um, I don't know. How, how would you, that just, but, but it's not that dangerous if you catch it and treat it. But you, all right, but I'm, I don't, but it's highly contagious. Uh, well, I'm talking about how you get it. Like you got to get it from animals that no. Uh, well then change the name. <laughs> no, seriously. I, I, I don't, I don't want to be told. It's prevalent in animals because you don't find it until all of your animals have it. Well, when animals have yeah. it, it's and mouth disease, but then when, how about an American or, or not American, a person gets hand and mouth disease. How about that? Okay. So then you don't think to yourself, Oh my gosh, I might be a wombat. You don't want to do that. Do wombats again, have hooves? Again, if it's a horse, it's a horse. If it's a, if it's not, of send course, it off of course. to a specialist and ignore it. <laughs> okay. Well, a horse. Sorry about that. Uh, you know, ask me the question again. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks. Of course you are. Sounds good. <laughs> you're, st you're fine enough to start a jazzy Uber with a sidecar. That's, you're would, doing very I well. I would like that. Zooming people around and meeting strange people. That's great. In the sidecar, uh, that would be great because they're far enough away from me. But you're going to have a, like a headset. You're going to have to talk to them the whole time. No, Trust I'm just going to, I'm just going to hand them the, the, um, plug and tell them that they can turn on any music they want and give them little headphones and, a, wait, and a hat. Wait, are you are you the ghost of christmas future just silently pointing just like i know i'm like there's a them, there's a there's an the ipod hole stick your headphones in there or your bluetooth and listen to that vagina. i don't want to talk with you i hate when vagina. ubers talk to me oh my god it's I always the worst go, I, I go sir have a wonderful day i'm gonna listen to music now yeah <laughs> yeah i just had to take a couple of ubers and uh yeah same deal oh. I, I just your video. Yes. I, That's I what did, we were talking about. Oh, did, I'm so yeah. glad we came back to Uber. <laughs> um, so I just had to take a couple and the same deal where uh, the first one dude pulls up and, and, and look, I know it's hard. I know the gig, um, but I, uh, oh no, this, actually this dude wasn't even an Uber. It was a yellow cab because yellow cab, if you get the app, it's cheaper. It's like 25% off rides. So I was like, all right, I'll do that. And plus I had to schedule a ride for fucking Five thirty, six thirty in the morning. Five thirty. I don't know. Seven thirty, and so I scheduled it. It was fine. And then there's a you have a fifteen minute window. Like they even tell you the cab guys. They're like, look, uh, they're gonna get there, and then they'll they'll. I think they wait ten minutes. They wait ten minutes. So 
I was showered and I was dressed and everything, and I didn't have my phone on me. It was over by the door, and my phone rang. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's seven. It's seven twenty-nine. Okay. And uh, I see that they had called twice. So I called them back and uh, it's like, uh, hello, if you are going to use your ride, that's fine. Uh, whatever the bullshit. And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm in, you know, whatever. You hit yes. You put the phone down and I walk outside and it's 733. All right. And uh, the dude's right out front and I go rolling up and he hops out of the car. He's like, yes, yes. Let me get your bag, sir. And I'm like, eh, no, that's I'm you can stay in the car. It's totally fine. And he goes, well, I was just wondering where you were. You know, you're very late. I go, dude, I'm not late. He goes, well, we called you twice and I've been sitting here. I was wondering whether I was, you were going to come out if I should. I go, and I put my bag, I like put my suitcase down because I normally, I just go, no, no, we're good. I, you know, just, I, but I, I looked him in the face and I go, dude, you're supposed to be here at 730. And he goes, yes, but I was early. I go, that's not my problem. I scheduled a ride for 730. And he goes, oh, yes, of course. Well, that's fine. Let's just put, and I go, no, no, let's, we'll straighten it out because I'll call somebody else if you want. I can call an Uber <laughs> right now. Because, again, you want to fucking fight with me at 7.30 in the fucking morning when, when literally this ride is going to cost me $75? Uh, I, I don't need your shit. I, I, did, I fucking told you to be here at 7.30. And I, I know, I, I always say I'm old and I don't want to fight anymore. But <laughs> motherfucking tell that to everybody else. Tell that shit to everybody else. Oh, yes, I didn't know if I was going to leave or not because you were late. I'm not late. It's 7.33. I said 7.30. I, I, and I just clicked yes at 7.29. Grab my stuff and walked out the door. And also I get a 10 minute wait time. And so I said to him, and I go, no. So I, I go, if you want me to call somebody else, I will. And he goes, oh no, 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 it's okay. Okay. I go, cause it's not a problem. I go, plus it says you wait from seven 30 to seven 40. So I have a 10 minute gap and I'm out here now. Now it's seven 35 because we've been talking about it up by the curb. I, I was like, it's the thing where I, you know, I'm alone a lot. Okay, mm-hmm. so if I don't talk to anybody for fucking 31 hours and then you want to start some shit, hey, guess what? I'm happy to drop a verbal anvil <laughs> on your fucking skull. Let's fucking do this, man, because I'm not wrong. Again, I ordered through your app. It says it gives me 10 minutes and 730. You called at seven. You called twice at 727 and 729. Uh, it's not my fault. You're early. I'm glad you're efficient. Good for you. But also you can also be patient. Punctual is yeah. good. Be patient as well. And I, I, I didn't yell. But there was there was bass in my voice, and I'm just like I go, what? Do you, and I go, well, are you are you ready? Do you want to go? Because if not, I can call somebody else. He goes, no, no, please get in. And so I fucking he goes to take my suitcase, and I'm just like, yeah. I wanted to go, like, yeah. Like when two people in an old movie try to walk through a door at the same time, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I this he but I went for my bag, and he went for my bag, and he kind of like grabbed it as I did to go. And I go, I'm, I got it, I got it. Just go ahead and get in. And he's like, oh, I. But sir, I and I go, look, man. <laughs> and he goes and gets in the car, and I put it yeah. in, and I got in, and. And, uh, and I, and same thing. So you said with talking, yeah. um, I don't put my earbuds in on the way to the airport because again, my phone battery so fucked. Yeah. So I can't listen to music with my phone on the way because my phone will be dead by the time I get on the goddamn plane. So I just, I just sat there and I, I cracked the window and it's a silent ride. Just, we did, we did all our talking on the fucking curb, which is totally <laughs> fine with me. I think he realized at that point, uh, morning chit chat was going to be out. And so that was fine. Maybe that's what you got to do. Maybe the second you walk outside, you got to pick some sort of petty fight with these motherfuckers. So they know they don't have to fucking talk to you. I don't know. But again, it's as a, as a guy who drove, like you said, I, I, you give him the speech, you go, Hey, look, if you want music, you want this. And I always would say, Hey, if you want to talk, I'm here. And if you don't, I totally understand it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But again, like I've, I've said on here many times, the worst is the people who don't even like, cause they're so used to being talked to by the driver. 
that when I start with the spiel, with the spiel, which takes 30 seconds. Yeah. That's still too much. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I know. I'm just, I'm just letting you know, if you want to open the windows, that's cool. If you want to play me, I, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Looking at their phone. And I'm like, Hey man, I'm not trying. I don't want to fucking talk to you. All right. I don't, I, I don't think you're interesting at all. I couldn't care less. I'm point A to point B. That's who the fuck I am. I, I'm not trying to be your friend. I'm not trying to be your pal. Uh, I'm just telling you your fucking options here. And if, if you just want, it, 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 it's rude to shout over me when I'm telling you something. I'm not engaging you in conversation. I'm giving you the lay of the land. I'm giving you the whole fucking thing. If you walk in. Yeah. It, and look, I'm probably wrong there. I'm sure people are going to write me and just go, well, you know, by even talking to them at all, but then you run the risk of them going, this guy was a bore, you know, and I give me four stars, three, whatever the fuck. Cause at the time it mattered. I don't know if stars even yeah. fucking matter anymore. Whatever, dude. Who fucking cares? I, I honestly like it when they're just like, if you need anything, ask. If you can't find anything, ask. And then you just go, yeah. cool. I need music. Great. It's right there. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm the same way. The, the moment somebody turns around and goes, so where are you from? I'm like, you just nope. picked me up. Yeah. <laughs> and that that ends the conversation. Sure. You know where I'm from. Yeah. Well, I told the that's story. On all here. the information I'm giving you as a single woman. I don't know. That's yeah, well, that's funny because, again, I, I'll just tell the story again because I, I don't know if you were producing when I told this story before. I Ubered and I picked up a girl at like, it was probably like 4.50 a.m. And w- I'm talking way down like near Eagle Rock and shit because we this is when I was driving yeah. fucking forever. And uh, I pull up on her street, which it could not have been darker. I, I don't know what if she lived on Vanta Black Avenue. Like, I'm not even <laughs> sure what the fuck it was. It was nice. ridiculous black holes. So I'm like, all right, fine. So I, I pulled up and she, you know, I only saw her because my headlights caught her glasses. You know what I mean? She could have been yeah. crouched in a shrub. So she emerges from the darkness. I'm like, ah, like fucking, you know, Mr. Burns's ghost in The Simpsons. She finally... uh she gets in and uh and i go how are you she said good and then i gave her the thing about the windows and the music and we drove and um it was so black on that street like it was so and it, i mean nothing was identifiable it was so fucking weird and it was in the middle of fucking nowhere and uh and i said i go i said do you live where i picked you up and there was a beat of silence and then she's like, uh, um, and I knew it instantly. Like I knew it instantly from her response. And I went, I go, please don't tell me. I am so sorry. I, I was just asking because it was such a dark place and I didn't see a house. I go, I don't need to know where you live. I don't know where you, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I had to, so now, I'm, now I'm pouring my heart out going, look, wherever you're going, I'm totally, cause we're going to a Starbucks. And yeah. the weird thing was she worked at a Starbucks, but we drove past like five Starbucks to get her to the Starbucks she worked at, which was fucking crazy. But, uh, <laughs> but she was so uncomfortable and I was like, Hey, is that where you live? And again, I didn't even think, I'm just like, Oh my God, dude, no, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to ask where you live. I understand that's weird. And I didn't mean it like that. And uh, she's just like, okay, okay. And I'm just like, cool. And it got straightened out finally. And we, and then she talked, she was nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? But boy, oh boy, did I feel like a fucking idiot the second I realized I'm like, is that your house? Do you <laughs> <live there?" laughs> Let me ask you something. It was really dark there. Do you live there? Is it always that dark? Would you say you leave your doors locked or unlocked most of the time? Good Lord, you fucking creep. <laughs> that was the creepiest ASMR ever. <laughs> No, it's just like just this little voice in your head that's like making you hi do you live there is it always this dark? no 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 i don't like this 
<laughs> you just hit my no-no spot in my brain. Oh, hey, sorry about that, kiddo. Well, yeah, wow, that was creepy. Yeah, sure. I can be creepy when I want to be. I can be creepy yeah. when I don't want to be, quite frankly. But, but it is that. It is that. Hey, baby. When people drop down like that, I'm like, I don't know yeah. if you think that's sexy, but that is just like guy coming from behind with a knife to kill me. <laughs> it, it is just, it is that sound where it's so in, so close into your ears, right. you can't judge how far away they are. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking creepy. Well, with, you know, I've, because on this show, certainly I've done stuff like that where I've told stories a little closer to the microphone well, amount it, of changing my voice, that, you know. That's, that's um, intimate. But yeah. when it's like, hey, where do you live? That's like, oh, good <laughs> Now you say that, but people would pay to hear you talk because that sounded pretty cool when you said it. I enjoyed that. Did we ever uh, talk about cybergasm? Uh, holy Lord, I don't think we have, but go right ahead. Even There's, if we there, have, you got to hear that again. There was a CD that, put, that was put out that is recorded in binaural, which means the microphones are at your ears. And so okay. all of this hot porn talk feels like it's right in your ears so like you'll hear a zipper come down on your left hand side and you can hear the guy talking to you and it's very it's very sexy there's a lot of different variations but look up cybergasm and it's like there's one of them that gets me that same feeling where all of a sudden i'm like i've skipped that track because it's just too creepy is it a podcast? it's audio porn it's audio porn is what it is well i, I um, is it a podcast no, it was it was a DVD that was recorded with people like I want to say Annie Sprinkle was in there and a couple others that did these. They would do scenes like there's a there's a oral sex scene. There's a couple others. And it's like if you just close your eyes and lay there, you just you feel the woman. You hear her clip, 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 clip as she walks into the room up to the left side of you. Yeah. And then you're like, you know, and you hear all of this around you. And it's just it's a really cool audio stimulation. But there's one in there that's really creepy to me. And I think that's why that like, hey, baby, I'm just like, <laughs> get away from <laughs> me. Uh, Annie Sprinkle, Annie Christ, before you're crucified. I live my <laughs> life in taxi cabs. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I um, it's interesting. I, yeah, you forget, right? That song's amazing. I, I listen to. So um, good. Uh, I did listen for a while. I did go through a period when podcasts started to be a thing. Uh, I downloaded a bunch of like hot talk sex podcasts where it was, uh, you know, there was some that were just a woman, you know, talking through scenarios and whatever the fuck. It's and something that I have considered doing because I didn't well, like doing phone sex. Well, you should yeah. if you're going to do it, but also you just, how do I explain this? Cause I was, I was literally just going to say that the ones I heard, they, you could, they were phony. Like very rarely did I come into one where I was like, Ooh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So this, I want to hear the cybergasm one. Cause if it sounds like that, where they're not going crazy or overacting or, you know, whatever the fuck, because these other, these podcasts, like there yeah. were some that were just sex chat, which was with people saying I did this and I did that and telling their stories, which is fine. Which as I mentioned, my witch uh, who follows me on Instagram, she writes her columns about stuff like that. Look that you have um, a witch. I do have a witch. My witch, my gays, my witch, my, I think I, it's hilarious to me. I don't have any gays. I'm bummed. I should have some gays. Well, I don't know if you know this. There's a reason. Stop your nonsense. Come on. I should have gays. There you should. should. You, there. You're nice. You're a bear. No, I don't mean for that. I don't mean, you know, I'm not looking for anybody to cuddle with at this point. Although who knows? Give me a year. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, you, yeah, you, cuddling is not necessarily about sex, though. So. Oh, yeah. It's, okay. Cuddle you say that until all of a sudden you're, someone's getting, you got a gun on you in your back and you're like, hold on a second. <laughs> cuddling, though. Yeah, it is. If you're spooning somebody, because I've done it, I've spooned somebody and inevitably you're just like, oh, hi, how you doing? That guy's here. 
I mean, this guy just showed up. We're going to need a crowbar or a fulcrum or something to separate the two of us because this guy's fucking ready for business. Um, and that's, I would imagine, with any sort of cuddling, you would do it. You would be with somebody mm-hmm. and you'd be like, ah, this is awesome. No, don't tell me you don't get hard-ons. It's just fucking, or, or, or get, like, maybe, maybe. And I'm, I don't know. Fuck that. Ladies do, too. Ladies have got to be, like, a little bit, they get a little fucking, like, horned up. Probably they're just like, ah, you know, this this guy's got pretty decent forearms. And hold on a second. Who's that in the back? You know what I mean? Nobody, I'm not saying anybody's like, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it or immediately... I'm not saying like if a man was cuddling a woman, all right, in some platonic bullshit fucking knockoff. That's what cuddling is. No, no, it's not. It, it, there's those fucking weird things where they were like, hey, I'll cuddle you for $11 or whatever the fuck. Remember those workshops for about an hour? Yes. Those were fun. Well, then, yeah, but then a guy would like wrap up a chick and he's got her locked. You know, if I locked a chick in my cage, like if I did that, if I had her in my fucking. Or... But that's not cuddling. No, if you if you're when you throw your leg over somebody's fucking waist and you've got them held close, that's cuddling. You're doing it. No, that's um, a hostage situation. <laughs> it can be, depending on where it goes from there. It's but it's starting out as cuddling. Where we're going from there is up to you. Again, I'm all about choose your own adventure. Just like the Minotaurs. You're either gonna wind up here, or you're gonna wind up getting killed. Uh and by the way, the Mayflower Club, you said it was a private Hollywood club. Is yes. that where Kirk Douglas fingered Natalie Wood? Is no. that possibly? All right. No, not at sure. all. That's why you're bringing it up. No. Um, so yeah, but no, cuddling uh all right perhaps perhaps i am someone who is sensitive that sort of touch or situation and it and i find myself in an excited state when that sort of thing happens yes yeah okay i like because i like that can make that happen but that's not the point and and cuddling allows you to learn intimacy without that I, I agree yeah. with you that it's not the point, but what I'm saying is it inevitably would happen even in those stupid platonic cuddling workshops, which again, I look, I don't need a cuddling workshop. Get over here. I got one arm. You lay on it. I'll put the other arm over you and I'll fucking squeeze you to my chest. Here we go. Let's go. We're cuddling. I, that is self-centered. That is not that is not what you do in those types of situations. Whatever she would like to do as well. Okay. If she wants to cuddle a different way, that's totally fine. I'm saying if, it, if but look, if you're the one paying for the workshop, then you're calling the cuddling shots. That is prostitution which is different than cuddling no yeah i'm not saying you gotta fuck somebody in this weird fucking you had these cuddling workshops that was we, mm-hmm. we agree on that correct yes and it was supposedly some guy could just wander in and plunk down his hard-earned money that he made out there in the salt mines and he said i need a concubine to wrap around me and she's like terrific and no. then you do it and you later no, cuddling. you are using sexual terms for something that is non-sexual welcome are, to the show i can tell you if you walked into a prostitute and said hey i'm paying i get to do whatever i want they're gonna go you don't understand oh the sexual why transaction do to, why do you have to spin this into where i'm some fucking lout i, I didn't say I, i'm not, gonna do whatever I, I want you're confusing you are confusing something that is sexual by nature and something that is not i didn't say you're gonna fuck the person you're cuddling with but at the same time if you're paying for the cuddling don't you get to say we cuddle this way, we cuddle this way because you're the one plucking down the dough? Not if or is there some... Going, but not if that's what's going to lead you to sexual gratification because that's not what it's about. I didn't say I went for sexual gratification. I'm saying, but also I'm also telling you sexual gratification is going to happen no matter what if we're cuddling. That's just it. I, I, Maybe I, for you. Yes, and I'm the one paying. And so here we are. And that's what I'm saying. But it's an embarrassing situation. that's not what you're paying for. You're... I, Hey, I got news for you. I can do that for free. I can I can have sexual situations happen for fucking free. I'm not saying I'm paying for that. I'm saying if you end up cuddling with somebody and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, guess what? This guy just showed up. That happens. I didn't pay for it. And I'm not saying, hey, well, he's here now. We got to take care of it. I'm not that dude. But inevitably, I would think if there was some sort of cuddling workshop and you're cuddling and you're with somebody who's 
you know, you're enjoying it and there's physical intimacy and you're touching and possibly they smell good. And then there's breath. And then you're like, ah, this is a situation that I enjoy. And I recognize as in the past has been something that led to something else. And then I can't, I got no control over the guy who lives downstairs. Also, it's like, what's going on up here? And you're like, ho, ho, look at this fellow who just showed up. And then you have to go, look, I understand this isn't what this is about. We're just cuddling, ignore him. He's going to just look around and see what's happening. And then he'll probably show up and stick around for the rest of the goddamn cuddling session. And I will tell you this, he's going to have a very stern conversation with you in the, in the, in the car on the way home because he's going to want to know why he wasn't involved. He's going to, hey, you didn't tip me off that this was happening. And then you didn't invite me to come in. I'm like, yeah, because you're like a fucking vampire. If I invite you to come in, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Stay out. Because it's a cuddling workshop. It's not about that. You try to tell my cock a cuddling workshop isn't about that when he fucking pokes up and he's like, hey, guess what? I don't know why he's constantly going, guess what? I don't know why. That's that's what my cock says when he shows up. Hey, hey, guess what? Look who's here. He's like, you know what? He's the life of the party. Listen to him. He sounds like a great, he's better than me. He sounds like a great guy. I don't want to talk to anybody or be with anyone. My cock shows up and he's like, ho, ho, what's going on in here, guys? He's excited to explore the world. He couldn't be more different from me. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. I don't know. I just said I don't talk to anybody. I hide. I'm doing 31 hours in an apartment that I unleash on a fucking taxi driver. But my cock is like the second he shows up, he's like, well, let's get this party started because look who's here. Uh, so again, my point is, again, I don't, I know you don't go to the cuddling place and go, all right, who among I, hi, I'm a John. Let's take care of this. Of course not. But in the cuddling workshop, if you are enrobed around somebody or they somehow, uh, in, in the parlance of today's youth, back that ass up in you, <laughs> then essentially you're going to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to this. You, you might think about wangoing their tango and thinking about parking in their garage, but you can't do that. <laughs> You can't do that because you're just there for the cuddling. Understood. I'm not saying just because I pay, they have to do, oh, we're going to have sex. No, it's just like you're, you're going to hold them. But inevitably, your your brain and your parts of your body are going to be like, I recognize this situation. But the whole point of it is to it. not get to inevitably. The whole point of cuddling is to cuddle. So the wait a minute. The point so, is to. <laughs> all right, hold on. It, it's, now, an, it's an intimacy that is non-sexual. It right. can be sexual, but the point of it is to be non-sexual. So you're telling me that again, because cuddling can lead to sexual sexual activity, right? Yes. And you're telling me this cuddling is to teach you not to make your sexual activity happen involved in cuddling. That's like saying that's like when a parent's like, you know what? Oh, you want to smoke? Smoke this entire carton of cigarettes. <laughs> So that's what I mean. It's going to be like, you're cuddling. It's like, oh, you think fucking comes with cuddling? Well, then cuddle all these people and fucking do that. I mean, I, it just sounds incongruous. It doesn't fit to me. doesn't fit for you. You're right. Yeah. But but I'm not saying I expect anything. I'm saying you go there and you you cuddle and everything's great. But inevitably, visions of sugar plums are dancing through <laughs> your head. But uh, you don't act on it, of course, because these are professionals. Oh. I can still feel her beard. Hmm. Oh, God. I don't know, man. I don't know. Whatever. So, uh, well, I'm looking for a gig. Maybe I open a cuddle shop. Maybe I do that. I Although, don't think you should. <laughs> actually, honestly, after this, I don't think anybody signs up for my cuddle shop. I have to be honest. I don't think so either. Clearly. Clearly. But you know what? I still need some gays. This all started off with me saying I need some gays. I need gay. If you're gays out there, if you if you want to take possession of me, you can get you can just be like woohoo! Like remember back in the eighties, the Washington Redskins football team, which is now the Washington Commanders, they used to have a uh, a bunch of linemen, and they were called the Hogs. Uh, that was their offensive line. 
their offensive line were the hogs and they were just, okay. that was their whole thing. And fucking uh, Joe Jacoby and fucking uh, Mark May, big fucking dudes, Dave Bostic, or it might've been Jeff Bostic. There were a couple of Bostics in the NFL, regardless, they were called the hogs. But then in the stands, uh, there were grown men who looked like plumbers and truck drivers <laughs> with big burly fucking Avery Schreiber. I'm going to crunch this Dorito right in your face, br- uh, uh, beards and mustaches, uh, mustaches. And they, uh, Avery Schreiber didn't have a beard. Um, <laughs> and they would dress up in ladies clothes, uh, like kind of like cheerleader clothes. And they dubbed themselves the Hoggettes. Now, uh, at the time it was funny because they would always get on television they would always be, uh, everybody would be like, oh, wow, look at these, the hilarious, the hogettes. And they would always show them and they would have like pom-poms and they would be dressed in like cheerleader outfits. Uh, but they were there to cheer on the hogs and the redskins and nobody thought it was cross-dressing and the Proud Boys never came and tried to fight the hogettes at the stadium. Everybody <laughs> realized exactly what the point was. All right. And so they, uh, they were able to get away with it. You see them? Are you looking? They were around for 30 years. Yes. But, but again, I mean, I, I can't imagine that a team called the Redskins would have anything that's weird around them. Oh, enough. <laughs> it was a tribute to that community. They were honoring them. They wore women's dresses, garden party hats, and pig snouts. I do remember this now. Yes. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> yeah. But they, but they did it. So, so my question is, would because uh, again, they were like, Nobody ever questioned their masculinity. Nobody was ever like, oh, look at these. Uh, oh, I'm dudes. sure they did. Um, well, then they would be in a fight with a bunch of Teamsters. Because, I mean, that's look at those idiots. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like, are those, were the, could those be considered the Redskins gays? Could there be guy? could I have guys like that dress up? I don't know what they would do for me. I don't know what they would have microphones and failure. Possibly they would just do that. And that's how they would be considered by gays. Uh, there was a point I was bringing up the, the, the hogs and I can't remember what it was because you distracted me when you went to their phone. Um, anyway, the point is, uh, I need gays. That's it. That's the bottom line. I don't. Well, here's the thing. Do you know what they did? They raised money for children's charities. Yawn. Dave Spiggy Hoggett Spigler. <laughs> I miss the eighties, man. Just drugs and stupidity. You could do whatever you wanted. Nobody cared. Your team was well, named the some Redskins. people did, but yes. Your team, I, your I team was named the Washington Redskins. And then uh, a bunch of Native Americans were like, hey, man, this isn't so cool. And everybody went, shut up. <laughs> Yay, America. Yay, America. <laughs> that, was, that was the 80s, in case you don't know. Somebody would go, hey, man, I don't think this is a good idea. Shut up. <laughs> Let's do more cocaine. <laughs> dude i was on board for the cocaine but not the oppression <laughs> uh well you come on you you were for a little of the oppression don't pretend you weren't back then you were like yeah this is a good idea certainly um no and, and, and things changed yeah, and, and look yes life and, evolves look, just so nobody yells at me things have changed i'm glad they've changed yes. things should always change i'm not <laughs> i'm not saying but at the time if you lived through it it was it was fucking nonsense well the 80s was all about yourself the 80s was always i mean it was the me generation time it was you know we've got money we've got disposable income i you know i can't think about where this bottle will go when i'm done with it because i have the money to buy a bottle yay that was literally the attitude of everything was there was no awareness of anything else i have three words for you yeah greed 
is, is good. good. <laughs> that is Gordon God, Gecko really. with his slicked back hair. That is that is Charlie Sheen living to excess. And that how's, uh, and, how's that working for Elon Musk? <laughs> uh, again, I as we've said, whenever anybody loses like a fuck ton, like because they've he's everybody's like celebrating. They're like, billion. yes, I know. But but he still has a hundred billion, so it's like he can do whatever the again. He doesn't matter. He's he's still Jesus. He's stupid Jesus. That's who he is. If you have a hundred billion dollars, you're Jesus. He's just stupid Jesus because he could be he could be buying fucking loaves and fishes for fucking everybody, but instead he's just he's you know putting up memes of eagles and the American flag and hating trans people. It's like what the fuck? What you are stupid Jesus? What have you done? You could be Jesus to everybody. He could literally be a I mean, and look. Some people to some people, he's still a Christ-like figure. But he could be a literal Christ-like figure if he walked around. Even at that, again, he could walk around in a fucking like a sackcloth or whatever the fuck Jesus wore. Did he wear a bag? I don't know what the fuck that guy had on. But he's walking around with holes in his hands and like, ha ha! Here's a fish. Oh, guess what? It's a hundred fish. Everybody's like, holy shit! This guy's amazing. You could have been that Elon Musk. But instead, you chose violence because you're fucking stupid. Actually, you didn't choose violence. If you chose violence, I'd have more respect for you. You chose to be a fucking jerk. Why? Stupid Jesus, anti-Jesus, fake Jesus. What the fuck have you done? You could have been the fucking guy. And years ago, I was told that this is the guy. Everybody's like, oh, dude, he's totally building rockets. He's going to build shit on Mars, which, again, I never understood any of it. That Because, again, now we're back to the 80s. It's a bunch of dudes getting high in the middle of the night. <laughs> dude, what if we fucking built shit on Mars? You know what I mean? So fix this shit. There's shit down here to fix. There's a million things to fix. Help people, you fuck. Who are you going to help on Mars? Three broken down space shuttles and a fucking microbe? There's nobody up there. I love this colonize the moon shit. This colonize any of these fucking planets. That's going to take 80, literally, at best, at best. Because again, you can't even build a garage here with without 15 permits. <laughs> what the fuck's going to happen on Mars? Wait, I just love the know, fact that they're dumb enough to actually call it colonizing oh, with everything that's going so on. Right? By the way, I have to tell you, all I can picture is Connie Francis singing Stupid Jesus, You're a Real Mean Guy. I <laughs> <laughs> just picture the vim. I need, you know what? I need stupid the show to be. Stupid Jesus is fabulous. Oh, it's so terrible. It's stupid Jesus, you're a real mean guy. Bum, bum, I love bum, that bum. they they're so arrogant they think they're gonna get to the fucking moon yes. and be the the ones who make the rules. It's like, dude, there's I I want I want them to go to the moon and there's that face in the moon that looks like Ted Kennedy or whatever the fuck. I want that to be a guy. Like he's just like a giant moon guy. And he's like, you know, hey, I'm glad you're here because you know what I eat? Fucking dummies. And he just chomp chomp. <laughs> You thought you were gonna you you literally thought you were gonna come up here and build a Walmart on my face? Get fucked on the moon guy, chomp chomp. These fucking idiots. But there are people out there just like, yeah, go, man, go. Woohoo. Instead, they all just do fucking circle jerks, 280 character circle jerks, fucking just telling him he's great. And if you don't tell him he's great, you're bad. I don't fucking care, man. I don't understand people at all. But again, if Elon Musk Elon Musk has got to be so mad he didn't live in 1986. Hey, man, we're going to totally build shit on the moon. Yay! I don't think you should build shit on the moon. Shut up! <laughs> that was legislation. That was legislation back then. You know, it's was like, yeah, shut up. Do I, do I have another shut up? Shut up! We got two shut ups. The shut ups have it. Sit the fuck down, jerk. Coke for everybody! <laughs> oh, dude.
Somebody hit the Donna Summer. Let's fucking roll. God damn it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, how, how are we voting? Uh, I'm voting no. Shut up. <laughs> but don't you? Uh, do we have another shut up? Shut up. The shut ups have it. Bring in Bianca Jagger. <laughs> Fuck. Let's run a fucking train on the Where's the Beef Chick. Let's fucking do it. Do whatever we want. It's 1984. Clara Pelican fucking worked. She won't look. She won't know what. She's not going to ask where the beef is after that night. Oh my god! They fucking ran a train on her at Studio Fifty Four. Holy shit! Clara Peller face down, ass up. And you know what? She would say, "Where's the beef that night?" But in a total like fuck me way. It's like, oh yeah, where's oh oh where's the beef? Oh oh where's the beef, man? Just fucking three holes, no waiting on Clara Peller in the fucking back room of Studio Fifty Four. Everybody's getting a piece. All right. Um, I'm a little traumatized right now. <laughs> this is the final show. Clearly, we're <laughs> never doing this again. <laughs> uh, there's our friend Jason who does the recaps of this. I want to, I want, I dare him to recap the Clara <laughs> Peller getting fucking railed, getting just fucking spit roasted, <laughs> spit roasted with a third, with a third cob in the other hole. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Um. See, these are the conversations you're missing out on if you don't talk to me when I'm driving you an Uber. <laughs> if you get into my Uber, just go, hey, man, how do you feel How do you feel about Clara Peller back in... Oh, well, I got a story about Clara Peller. You guys won't believe. Because <laughs> first we brought in Bianca Jagger and we turned her inside out, but then... <laughs> Jesus. Somebody call Susan Anton. Clara Peller's about to fucking break. Uh, that, that's... It, I don't know if that's the order of things. Bianca, Clara, Susan, maybe, <laughs> maybe Bianca. Bianca. It's, I guess it just depends who's there and ready to come in. Depends on how high oh, they are. Man. All right. <laughs> oh man, I want to leave your Studio Fifty Four fever dream. No, and Susan Where Anton. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, Susan Anton could fight her way out of there though. She's fucking. She was an Amazon, right? Wasn't she a big? She's woman? amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and fucking incredibly, unbelievably, magnetizingly gorgeous. Where you're just like, yep. holy Jesus. Some people you see them and you're just like, holy God. Like I mean, they just. It's like I, I've said this before. Like you see someone, you're like, that's not even this. Like Margot Robbie in, in, <laughs> she gets completely full frontal, like in in Wolf of Wall Street. And then she's in a million other movies where she's incredibly beautiful. And like I've said, she's, she's not even the same species as me. Like I couldn't even, I would, I wouldn't even, I could have, I would have nothing for her conversationally or otherwise. She's just, <laughs> she's a moonbeam with fucking eyelashes. I mean, it's crazy Aww. how beautiful she is. Um, and then you look at yourself and you're like, I'm a husk. What a husk I am. Holy God. Just cobbled together out of the the powder, the residue that's left in the bottom of a pill bottle and some water. Somebody mixed it up and made me with fucking handful of pubic hair. Jesus. Uh, all right. Hi. Um, so I'm looking for. Imagine game. what your head would be like if you were actually <laughs> conventionally beautiful to yourself. What do you mean? Like if I thought I was like. If you if you looked like you feel you just described her. As a man, oh. even how, 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 how fucked up would your head be on that? Oh, for that we're, we're not even having this conversation. Are you kidding me? I'd be just, I'd, I'd be ridiculous. I would you just, just be bounce outside. around from moonbeam to moonbeam. Yeah, that's it. You know, as, as opposed to now when I just look like somebody, something coughed up at 6am when they first get out of bed. Like, <laughs> oh, look, throw a shirt on that guy. <laughs> but that's all changing. 2023. Turning it around. <laughs> How has 2023 started? Uh, huh? 
How has nope. 2023 started? Well, I was in the gym, eating right, taking names, well, well, kicking no, ass. Certainly one of those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I have plans. I have a list. I have things to do. Like I said, in one of them, the kind of the, the most important thing, unfortunately, right now, I wish it wasn't. Uh, but the most important thing is getting the gig. Yeah. Uh, because uh, we're, we, uh, look, I, I always use coded words on this show. I don't always come, I'm not, I'm not always uh, telling you exactly what's happening. I don't know. I, I, I usually look, I, we all know this. I'm, uh, I'm reserved. I'm pretty shy, yeah. certainly on this show. Uh, but we're scrambling a bit over here um, and have been for a while. So the, the gig is kind of paramount at this point. Um, everything else is everything else, but right now, and I, I, you haven't, you know, I, I, I have been in some recent discussions and negotiations with local businesses about taking a position possibly within the organization. <laughs> I love, I love trying to make it sound as important as it is when I come in, I, I literally crawl in on my hands and knees. I'm just the fucking, the kid from Oliver. I'm just like, please, sir. I would like some more <laughs> <laughs> and all of them wheel on me more. Oh Christ. Um, I've become intimately acquainted with Trader Joe. He and I have had several conversations <laughs> in many different locations because I've, I've not even joking. I have, I have scoured the earth. Like, uh, like if he winds up in China, I want me hiding in a bowl of rice to go ahead and put a cap in that motherfucker. I am all over the place. If Trader Joe shows up there, I'll be there. Uh, because I'm trying to pin them down. They're very mercurial over there at the Trader Joe's. Have you had an interview? Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I've had several. Okay. Uh, but but even worse is because we go to their website. Here's the way it works over there. They're like, "Hey man, uh, do you want to join our our crew?" And you're like, "Well, I mean, of course I do. Who wouldn't want that at the age of 55?" So uh, I click on it, and then like fill out these applications. Yay! So I fill out an application, and now here's what because here's what initially happened. And I apologize because I people are I talked about this on the segments that you weren't on, but I'm telling you this because now yeah. I'll tell you. Uh, the first time I did it, I filled out an app for the place closest to my house. Yeah. And uh, they were like, and this is, I'm talking, this is back in fucking September, maybe October. Yeah. So this is how long yeah. I've I've known uh, I need to fucking do something, right? So um, was it October? I think it was October. So I filled out the thing and they're like, it might have been November. Uh, I'd never done this. This is all fake. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've not done any of this. So so you fill out a thing on the on, online and again they ask you questions where they're just like uh why why oh man why us why do you why what do you love about us well i'll tell you what i understand that you will exchange currency for labor so that's exactly <laughs> why i thought of you guys immediately i'm not gonna lie um whatever so i filled out a thing to the thing closest to my house and it says well and then you hit send and they're like we'll let you know in two weeks and I'm like, all right, that's two more weeks that I'm going to be scrambling and trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. And then uh, I got a notice from them. Uh, after three weeks, they wrote me back. And they go, hey, thank you for your interest. Uh, we're not even going to fucking talk to you. Uh, we threw whatever electronic document you sent our way directly into the electronic fireplace. And it caused quite an electronic fireball. <laughs> thank you for your interest. But no 
please continue struggling. <laughs> I was like, all right, thanks. And I, again, I thought like if you filled something like that out, it would go on onto the full on radar screen of all of the Trader Joseph's throughout the tri-state area. Like I thought everybody would know that finally I was in play. I truly <laughs> felt, I thought it would be like when the hit went out on John Wick and all of the operators lit up and every assassin, their phones pinged and they knew there was a meal ticket amongst them. I thought I was going to be snared in and brought on board, right? And all of them would have a bidding war fighting to see exactly who would have the opportunity to let me come in and turn a canned good from back label to front. Uh, well, that's not how it works. You literally have to apply at all of the different locations you could possibly be interested in. And that's very difficult to do as you try to peer through the clouds that emit from your stink of desperation uh, when you're staring at their website, right? So I was like, all right, so you go and you see, you, I looked for like, you know, 10 miles from my house. And there were a few places in, uh, in and I won't go, I, I can't fully go into this because literally the whole show has been about it the last couple of times. Yeah. Um, but I, I applied at three other and uh, two of them gave me the same deal, two weeks. And then, uh, sorry, I can't help you. Okay. Uh, one of them reached out the, the very next day and was like, hey, and they sent me, a, they left me a message. And I was like, this is all right, here we go. Business is about to pick up. And I called them. And there was a big back and forth where she didn't recognize my name. She didn't know who I was. Yeah. She had, and, and then she found me. Yeah, I told you all this, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then they said, hey, they were like, all right, there's a job fair you can come to in like two weeks. And yeah. I'm like, all right, here's two more weeks of scrambling. So then I went to the job fair and I don't know if you heard the result of the job fair. I, uh, I went and there was like 15 people in line and they had a three card table set up and I didn't know if that was, that was, they were all doing interviews or if you went to table one and then table two and then table three, and that indicated you were good. But I met a very nice lady named Winnie there and everything seemed to go well. And in the first table, a chick loved me. Everything was going good, probably because I didn't call her a chick. And she went ahead and just <laughs> went ahead and she wrote down a bunch of stuff, laughing, guffawing uproariously. And then the second guy took me to the second card table and he asked me a bunch of questions. And again, he laughed. We got along. Everything was great. Uh, and, and now, and then I, he's like, all right, well, thanks. And I was like, oh, I'm not making it to card table three. He gave me the, hey, we got plenty of people to interview and uh, we'll try to figure it out. And I'm like, cool. All right. When will I hear from you guys? <laughs> and uh, suffice to say, I, uh, I, I did not get the gig. They wrote me. So then uh, in my brain, I was like, what the fuck did I do? What the fuck did I say? Like, yeah. And the only thing it was funny because people are speculating because I, I talked about at length on the other show. The guy asked me what I loved about this job, about podcasting and comedy and stuff. And yeah. And I said the, the phrase that I've used many times before. And I said, uh, there is no greater gift you can receive than people paying you to be yourself. Mm -hmm. I said, and I, I, and he asked me what I was most proud of about this job. And I said, the fact that I've been able to pay my bills as an entertainer uh, on my own for yeah. the past 10 years. Uh, I said, I, you know, in this town, there are people who, who dabble, who do this, who do that. I go, and now I go, look, I filled in the margins with Uber and things like that. Um, but I haven't had a, like a show business job job. This has been me as an independent, you know, contractor, yeah. whatever you want to call me. I said, so, and I, I'm very proud of that fact. I, I go, especially in this town where, uh, you know, it can, it can, it can break you, you know? Yeah. And, and I, we, you know, we had a conversation and I'm thinking maybe that was wrong. Like, I don't know, because you, Hey man, don't act like you're too proud 
or accomplished in what you've done or don't make it sound like um you know you're successful and so you don't need this gig like i i don't i don't know see and i would have looked at that as in you have a work ethic that made you succeed in something that you had to be a self-starter and learn and do things i thought so and but, and the very fact, but he could absolutely look at it as he doesn't want to be in this job he wants to be an entertainer the very fact that i showed yeah. up hat in hand yeah trying to get a job uh f- making sure the bread with the 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 closest expiration date was at the front of the shelf and the other bread was in the back should indicate to you that I'm interested in your organization. And also, like I said, I was interesting and funny and we got along and everything was fine. Um, but I also understand the other where they're like, well, this guy's going to split the second he gets something amazing. And but I was, that could be what they were thinking. Yes, but I'm not getting anything fucking amazing. I got news for you. If I was, if I thought anything amazing was on the horizon, I would not be here hoping to get a name tag. You know what I mean? So it was like that thing where I was like, and regardless, I, I understand what you're saying, yeah. and I understand because other people have said it to me too. And it, it's a it's a rough situation. You know, there are businesses that know that everyone is a part time actor, and there are businesses that are like, we want a full time employee, and you don't know which one they are until you're having the conversation. Sure. Um. So I, I so that I when I didn't get, I mean, because I my whole thing has always been, talk to me. Yeah. If you got to look at on a screen, if you got to <clears> see what yeah. I've typed. That's one thing. But the second I will see you, I will close you Yeah. on me. And, and that's weird for me to say, because I'm usually I don't sell me well at all. You know, you know that. I mean, I'm not somebody who ever I, I disagree, but I understand what you're saying. I, I mean, because yeah. look, this show could be much more. My Twitch channel, everything could be much more if I worked the way I should at it. And I only realized that when every the bottom has fallen out and I got to yeah. go back and do something like this. And then you go, oh, fuck, I have two television stations and a radio station. What the fuck am I doing? Um, you know, so uh, so I didn't get it. And then I was like, well, I don't know what the fuck to do now. And then I had a friend who had an inn at a different location. And he's like, hey, man, uh, just call this guy and tell him I told you to call. And I said, well, I already applied there and I haven't heard from them. And he's like, well, just he said they're definitely hiring. So so I called and got a guy on the phone and he was lovely. And he's like, come on in for an interview. And I said, great. And I went in and I sat with a couple of people who were really nice and everything went very well. And the same thing now where I'm trying to. (laughs) I'm trying to seem. Suitably sheepish. Yeah, I suppose is what I'm looking for. You know, like I, I, I left like when I went to the Santa Monica one, which is the one that I didn't get to the third card table. And I, right when I walked up to the woman and she had a clipboard, she goes, did you bring your resume? And I, I didn't laugh. I wanted to, I, yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever wanted to laugh at anything harder in my life yeah. than did you bring a resume to get a job at the grocery store so you can put up little plastic cups with corn puffs and smile. I mean, I, I just like, what, what, what could you possibly see on my resume that, you know, I, I just, it is so but, but this, it's about following orders. It's not about the resume. I, and that's the fucking thing that's so stupid about all of this. Well, that's another thing. I yeah. So I'll, I'll get to that. And I didn't even finish the Uber thing. <laughs> we'll get back to it. We got time. Uh, all right. So so I call this guy and he, he organizes uh, an interview and I go in and I meet with two people. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they're, you know, we're talking and they're like, and they ask you these questions where they're like, hey, how do you, how do you feel about the team concept. You've been working independently for a very long time. And, and I said, you're right. And, but actually during the pandemic, it was kind of thrown into sharp relief for me here that I would actually like a team to work with. I like, I want to 
I want to leave my place and I want to go out and I want to work with people and I want to work with people who as is a crew and, and, and I also want to work with people that I see and I talk to at the register, whatever the fuck. Yeah. You know, um, so, so then they go, okay, well, what do you know about what we do here? And I'm, and you know, again, all of those questions and yeah. they're all, they're all disqualifying if you say the wrong fucking thing. So I'm doing my best to minefield through them. And I'm also being honest. To, do you have experience I, through baby blues? So uh, I, well, I know, but I know because I was a driver. I told them, I go, I've driven a bunch. And they're like, yeah, yeah but, but you understand menu. You understand. They, don't, they yeah. didn't, they don't care. They want to, okay. do, what do you do in a team concept in a grocery store? And if you're friendly, yeah. I go, look, I go, I'm, I go, I'm, I'm here to help. I go, you know, whatever I need to do, whatever. So then this woman goes, well, good. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear you say that because, you know, uh, you know, the first day I ever worked here that uh, there was, there was someone who had uh, ruined the bathroom. They had gone to the bathroom, like all over the floor and the walls. And you know what? I was, I'm a manager and I was right in, you know, you got to go in and just clean it up. Yeah. And the other dude was like, yeah, my first day, the manager was doing a deep clean on the bathroom. He goes, and I knew, well, I can't say no to this if he's doing it. And then I wanted to go, Hey, I once threatened to quit a job because the manager told me I had to clean up the shit in the bathroom. And I laughed at him and I told him I would never fucking do that in my life. Uh, cause remember that happened at a video store, yeah, the story I've told on this podcast, yeah. literally yeah. that story, a guy, it looked like a shit bomb exploded. Yeah. It looked like someone, I, it was, and the guy's like, go clean it. I go, I'm not cleaning that shit. And he's like, no, you have to. And I, go, I, I'll quit. I literally will leave this place and go somewhere else. I make take and bake pizzas and I rent people videotapes. I'm not about to get hepatitis C because some fucking hobo wandered in the back fucking door. You manage this joint, manage it. <laughs> and, uh, but they're both telling me, and I also, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little worried about the Trader Joe's location that twice has had shit all over the walls, <laughs> and they both had to dive in and be and with a smile. I'm happy to scrub. I'm happy to scrub this shit off the wall today. No, you're not. You couldn't possibly be happy about that. Don't pretend that you are. Yes, we're all in a crew, but I'm not wearing Nikes and going to sleep with Marshall Applewhite. All right, I, I don't fucking care. And you, and you can't say that. You can't do that. You have to be like, oh, yeah. yes. Can't wait to get into the shit brigade. So excited for it. God damn it. <laughs> Why, and let me ask you this. Has anybody shit in here? Is there anything I can scoop up just to show you how good I am at the shit repellent that you guys have totally told me is part of this grocery store job? What the fuck? <laughs> oh, my. Man, I'm worried about stacking bananas the right way. And now you're telling me they're going to worry about these guys in here carrying fucking diseases? And, and I what? 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 But everybody's lovely. So... <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, sure, I'd love to do that. God, I can't wait. Hey, can I do it right now? <laughs> <laughs> so the discussion went great. They were fantastic people. Yeah. And uh, and then and this is before Christmas. Yeah. And uh, and they go, well, look, we're just going to tell you that we're probably not going to do anything till after the holidays. And I said, okay, I totally understand. I go, do you want me to call? Whatever, that's fine. So then I went on the, the website and there was another location that had, and this, this is a location that's close to like the first location I ever applied to was super close to my house. Well, this one is just like one mile further okay. because apparently I am the star that all the starlight that are the Trader Joe's emit from. I, I am, they orbit me like a planet. So, uh, so this, this new one, uh, I get, so I get a call from Trader Joe's. Uh, again, I told you they wouldn't do it after the holiday, that, that other location. Yeah. And then they, they call me, I'm in Arizona cause I was in over the Arizona over the weekend Yeah. and, uh, they left a message. And so I called back and they were like, Hey, we wanted to see about bringing you back in for an interview and I'm bringing you in for an interview. And I said, okay, great. And uh, they said, what day's good for you? And I said, well, I said, uh, you know, when I talked to April, when I talked to other people there, yeah. 
um, you know, they said that it would be after the holiday. And he goes, I don't, who are you talking about? I said, um, this person and this person. And he goes, I don't know those names. And I said, well, I just wanted to let you know that I talked to them. So just in case you're scheduling me, probably should talk. And he goes, I said, wait, what location is this? And it was a totally different, it was a completely different one. That I, <laughs> and it's the one that's close to my house. Yeah. Which is quite frankly, the I really would much rather yeah. work here. So I said, oh man, I, and I said, sorry, dude. I go, I actually have a, a you know, I'm waiting to hear on a second interview with this other one. And, and he's like, great, well, come on in. We'll talk to you. So I got home from Arizona and I went and I talked to them this week. Yeah. And it went extremely well. And I, at the end of it, I told this guy, I said, look, man, I go, this is the one I want to work at. Like, there's another one that I am, I have a second interview scheduled for. I don't know, you know, if, if that's something I should do or not. And he's like, yeah, no, go. Cause we're just talking to a bunch of people. I said, great. And then they called me that night to get me in for a second interview, that location, okay. which was great. They didn't make me wait a week. And so I was like, awesome. So I had my second interview with them and it went fantastically. Uh, I talked to the manager's store. She was lovely. It's, it's like 45 minutes. Like you sit there and you talk yeah. to them. It's crazy. It's not just like some glad handing. Like she wanted to know about me, about previous, all this different stuff. Yeah. They want to make sure you're going to fit with the team they have. Well, yeah. That's what and, it is. Well, and she was great and she was terrific. And then when it ended, uh, I said, look, I have a second interview scheduled with another location. I go, should I do that? And she goes, oh yeah, when is it? And I told her and she goes, yeah, by all means. She goes, we'll let you know by the end of the week uh probably one way or the other i said okay but you i'm just letting you know you know full disclosure this other place offered me this and the second interview and and she goes well if they offer you a gig then i'm not going to tell you not to take it and i'm just sitting there could you just hire me could you hire me i know where carrots go will you just fucking give me a gig (laughs) so i don't have to drive 25 miles round trip to a grocery store could you just do that for me please and again you but you can't yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I will tell you this, this woman then asked about, cause everybody asked about what I do. They all asked what the name of the show is. And I told them and, uh, and they said, well, what is it about? And I said, it's about my life. It's literally kind of an unvarnished examination of the life I'm living and have lived. And they're like, Oh, that's amazing. Well, and I go it's stream of consciousness. I just talk. And, uh, and everyone's like, well, I got to check it out. Well, what you don't know, Lily, because uh, the last couple of weeks, uh, I've spoken in depth about the process of going ahead and interviewing at these places, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I want to work there. I let they all seem very great. And I, I did not, you know, in the interview, yeah. literally, because they're like, um, how do you feel about, I go, I'll be great. I, I want to work with people. I'm excited. Um, but also, you, this is a comedy show, so yes. I make fun of stuff. Yeah. So I did. I made fun of stuff pretty profusely. And I, now I have not heard any blowback. But then sure enough, this woman yesterday says, uh, she's like, hey, so you do the show. Uh, it's about, and I said, it's about my life. She goes, Oh, great. She goes, uh, I go, yeah, I go, you know, when I first started, I had 40 years of story to tell. I go, but now it's been 13 years. So we've kind of caught up a little bit. So I'm talking about my life and what goes on. And, and, uh, and she goes, well, she goes, I might have to get you a form where you go ahead and, uh, you know, write down that you will not talk about the show or any of the employees yep. and you can sign it. And I went, well, it was nice meeting you and, uh, you take care of yourself, but I'm glad you brought me in. And, uh, ha ha, ha she laughed and ha ha ha, I laughed. And, uh, and then the rest of the interview was fantastic. Again, we talked for another like, you know, yeah. 30 minutes. Uh, I'm hoping I don't see that piece of paper. <laughs> um, uh, well, I can guarantee you will. If they, if they hire you, they will make you sign it. That no. you will not talk about work. Yeah, they won't. It's fine. We're fine. You can't, you can't control what people talk about out of their job. And I don't give, I don't say names. I don't say anything like that. I don't want to have this discussion. Cause again, if they listen now, they're going to be like, oh my God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
these are bridges to cross when they show up. Yeah. But but uh, but it made me laugh that she was like, oh well, I just have to have you sign a piece of paper where you don't talk. And I and I literally was like, well, it's nice meeting you. And uh, you know, take <laughs> <Funny>. care. <laughs> I will say this yesterday. She goes, uh, all right, Mitchell. And I said, ah, you know, it's probably Michael or Mike. I go, Mike's even better. She goes, okay, Michael, let's go talk. We went in the back. And she goes, so, she goes, I know what you did at Grubhub. She goes, tell me about Drybar. And I said, I don't know what Drybar is. She goes, well, you put it on your application. I said, I clearly did not. She goes, huh. She goes, okay, well, I mean, you said you drove. And I said, well, you said I drove for Uber and I'm an entertainer. And she goes, this is why I called you Mitchell when I first met you. I have the wrong application. And I said, oh, my oh. God. and she goes, I'll be right back. And she leaves. And I'm like, boy, they really want me, don't they? Uh, oh, my God. Jesus. But also in my brain, I went, uh, <laughs> how much of a maniac must she have thought of what she thought I was when she said, hi, Mitchell. And I said, call me Mike. <laughs> I mean, that's not even in the same zip code as Mitchell. Maybe Mitch. You know what I mean? But like she must have been like this loon bag's not getting the first fucking five seconds of this interview, but but thankfully it got squared away and she got my thing and everything was fine. But it was like, good lord, man! I just I I mean, and again, because that nothing makes you feel more part of the team. And I have to spend the next hour telling you how great I'm going to be as part of the team when you you pulled the wrong packet. And there's nothing wrong with pulling the wrong packet. We all make mistakes. It was fine. Mistake that happens. It's no, just that's hilarious. But, it, but it's a thing where you just go, and because then in your brain immediately you just go, wait a minute, were they supposed to call me? Were they supposed to call Mitchell? So then literally in the middle of the she and then she goes to walk away, she goes, I'll get your packet. And I go, I go, actually, if Mitchell's gonna get hired, I'm Mitchell. We're fine <laughs> with it. It's totally she walked out and then she came back and we're doing the interview, and there was like a noise, like a uh-huh. something fell off a shelf, and I go, It's Mitchell. <laughs> Sniffing around, trying to get this gig. I don't like it. Um and she laughed, thankfully, you know what I mean? Because they could have looked at me like I was a fucking psychopath. So who knows? So I'm looking for that gig and then looking for the Uber gig. The Uber gig was fucking ridiculous. Like I went and uh, so and so I applied at Uber and they had to do a background check on me. Yeah. And it took six weeks. It took six weeks. I've, I've done nothing wrong. I drove for you for five years. What the fuck could I have possibly done? You think I'm the Unabomber in a fucking year, in two years? No, there's been far too many driver assaults. And so they are now doing a really thorough background rather than going, yeah, well, we called two people and you're great. Well, they never even called two people because the last time you yeah. remember, I filled out the, I did, I yeah. signed up, I got the app on my phone. I was driving that night. Like they yeah. approved me that day. Yeah. No, they, they have to do background checks <laughs> now because unfortunately women have disappeared and been raped and it's, yeah. Well, I wasn't working, so obviously I'm I'm out of the yeah. suspect. The well, no, I just that's why. They're, <laughs> God damn it! Don't try to pin this on me. Don't try to pin this on me. I don't think they are. So, <laughs> so then I fill out the thing and they get the background check and they approve the background check, right? And then I go to sign on. So, oh no, you can't sign on yet. We you need one more thing, and I'm like, well, what is it? They don't tell me. It's like they're like, oh, just, you'll hear from our tech support, whatever the fuck. So I click on it. And they're like, uh, it was like, it took like four days for them to send it. Yeah. And then they're like, hey, you need to uh, take a community standards test that shows that you, I guess I won't rape anybody like you just said. I, yeah. I don't know, whatever the fuck. Because then that's what the, that's what the test was. Like, I got I to gotta watch the video where it's like, you know, uh, and, and again. Sexual they, harassment type stuff. That too. But also like, hey, when you're at a, at a four-way intersection, <clears throat> you, yeah. who goes, who has the right of way? Also. Don't fist anybody. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? This is all grouped under one umbrella. I think you could have done because it was 
there were there was a driving tape and all this stuff and then literally once you're done with that you have to watch the the sex tape and then you take the quiz it's like traffic school where you got to go ahead and they're just like and and it's always the stupidest question it's like all right so you get a woman in your car and it's late at night and she takes off all of her clothes what do you do you know bashfully ask her name pull over and go excuse me ma'am i'm chased you know what i mean they're just all these nonsense fucking i want to know what your scenarios. answer was to well i'll tell you let's put it this way i'm not driving so <laughs> Uh, but I, so I took that test and they didn't approve that. It, it took days for them to approve that. Finally, they did. Uh, when I got back from Arizona, I got back and it was like, it was fucking finally official. So now I can actually get in the car. But now, of course, it's it's a monsoon in fucking California. Oh, right. I'm not getting in the fucking car. Yeah. So whatever. So so that was my point about, I didn't even know how that even started in the beginning of the show. Oh, when I said, yeah, watch the video. I said, yeah, training video. You understand about podcasting and Minotaurs. How the fuck are you not watching that? Uh, so, and again, if you're questioning me, if you're like, what microphones and minotaurs, why would I watch this? Well, because you could be watching left turns and rape. I mean, that's the fucking Uber show. You don't want to watch that fucking show. Cause I'll tell you what, it is not, it is not for anybody. It's not good <laughs> or fun. Uh, <laughs> come on. I'm going to get a letter. I'm sure. Or a note from somebody. Well, again, I mean, making light of the process is different than making light of actual rape and that that's where i'm like context and everything you know? well all right good I'm, <laughs> I'm i'm glad well look you know me and i'm glad you feel that way and you know it's just like fucking you know it's it's like leaving it's just is, talk but everything is how your personal view of the world interprets what is said to you and and that's where miscommunications happen and that's where uh, nuance needs to come in and conversations rather than fights and you know agreed i agree with all of this and this is why i want to work at your grocery store <laughs> all right have i kept you long you have a meeting i understand i, I have to get out of here in about seven minutes but seven minutes okay. oh my goodness all right uh all right you know what then i'll tell you this because uh look we're scrambling a bit over here i don't know if i've mentioned it yeah uh, I'm, I'm looking to stack shelves. I'm looking to drive strangers. I'm looking to do anything at all that would bring any sort of income into the door here. Because again, as I've mentioned, yeah. uh, I've let go of the reins and it's gotten away from me. Mm -hmm. uh, the Ben-Hur chariot race, thy horse has taken off and I have no brakes. We're going to see what happens here. Um, so there was another thing that someone recommended to me. And, and, all right. Cause I get a, I subscribe to a website called side hustle. Ooh. Uh, and here's their, here's their That's take awful. on it. H-U-S-L. We don't need a T and an E. We're all about side hustling. You know why? Because this is all about efficiency. Get that T and that E out of here, baby. I think it's because they came to the internet late and side hustle was already taken. <laughs> you're not wrong. I'm sure you're not wrong. <laughs> they had that idea way too late. Uh, so they, they always give you these ideas for side hustles. They're like, you know what? Medical blogging could be a side hustle of yours. If you know anything about phlebotomy, well, of course I do. That's why I'm on a website called side hustle. You fucking idiots. Uh, any of that stuff where they're like, Hey, did you ever think about possibly, Oh, I don't know, going through a stranger's newspapers. You know what I mean? All that dumb shit where you're, and, and the best part is they'll be like, here's a site called Gravy that hooks up uh, restaurant people with restaurants. Unfortunately, it's only on the East Coast and it pays $13 an hour. And it's just yeah. like, that doesn't sound like a side hustle at all. That yeah. sounds like indentured servitude, quite frankly. Everything uh, whatever. So, but one of the, but I, and also I got to be honest, man, look, I'm not as, as witnessed by the, the, the 
such a the thinnest resume imaginable. What I typed and I gave to Trader Joe's. I'm a bouncer and I'm an entertainer and I've driven a car around. Uh, you know, I don't exactly have like all the qualifications on the fucking planet. So I'm looking for stuff that you can just do. You know what I mean? Where they're not, they don't, I don't need, Hey, do you have a degree in zoology? Well, if I didn't, wouldn't be on your fucking website. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> be off fucking petting a tiger. What <laughs> any of this bullshit. The fuck do you think you are again? But they always do that thing where they shoot for the moon with these people. Like I don't look, man, there's a reason I'm here scrambling. So, uh, I finally found a wheelhouse gig for people who are scrambling. It was like, I, I couldn't believe it. It was on the side hustle website. And I'm like, all right, what could this possibly be? And they're like, this is a way to do good for people. In addition to helping yourself. I think we all know that that's all I'm about. I want to do good for people while also helping myself. And clearly the good for people is what takes precedent. So uh, it said, Hey man, you know what you can do? <laughs> you can sell your plasma. Yes. Yes, you can. Now, I know selling blood as the uh, as the way criminals made money when they weren't selling drugs on Beretta. (laughs) Any 70s detective show, there would be some guy waiting to sell his blood because the man hadn't given him a supply yet. You know what I mean? So I'm like, wait, so this is a side hustle now selling my blood. Like, you want my liver? How about you just take my liver? Can I make any money for that for you fuck's sake? Uh, and don't think I haven't looked at that, by the way, I've, I've literally looked at the, like if anybody wants to buy a kidney and look, I've kicked the shit out of my kidneys at this point. I don't know if anybody wants one, but I'll take fucking discount kidney money. You know, my kidney will be, yeah, look, I'm not, my kidney's not a Mercedes, but it's, a, it's just like a Camry. I got a Camry kidney. You want to take that? I'll take Camry money for my kidney, whatever you need. I got another one. We're fine. Um, so they, they named these places where you can go get, uh, go give blood. Yeah. Sell your plasma. Uh, what do I got? How's on? How's how long do I keep got? going? I'm, I'm invested. You're sure. Yes. All right. Uh, so there's a place in Van Nuys by my house and, uh, I'll just tell you, look, I'll give you the name. Cause what, what are they going to do? Sue me? Octo farm. <laughs> no, that's doesn't not that, what it's called. Doesn't that sound like a three-story building of bunk beds with people just giving blood into one community tub? I mean, it just sounds fucking awful. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I, and I, you don't have, and there's no appointment. You just fucking walk in. And uh, I've known about this now for like six months. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking do that. I don't want, I can't, I can't do that. That, because that just seems like the, the ultimate white flag, the biggest admission of failure, even though like when you walk in the door, you get 225 bucks the first time. And then you get a hundred each time you can do it twice a week. And I'm not even joking. I was telling my buddy Chip about it. I'm like, yeah, I go, you can make $100 each time. I go, it sounds fucking horrible. But if I can make 200 bucks a week, that covers my personal trainer. (laughs) And he's like, please tell me you're kidding. And I said, yes. (laughs) So, and I I don't even know after all the platelets that are removed from my fucking body, who knows if I can lift up, I can do any dumbbell curls. I got no idea. So... I figure I can make 200 bucks a week doing that. I get 225 the first time in the door, the first appointment. Then it's 100 each time for the first 10, and then it's like 70 for the first for the, every time after that. And and it tells you everything you need to know about how scrambly we are scrambling. That I looked into the distant future to see what I'd make in future in future months. You know, yeah. well, 70 bucks a month or 70 bucks a week. I can do that on each one twice a week. So I went, and I walked in the door, and and it was every. Bosch painting you could possibly imagine. You know what I mean? It's, it's, there's, 
35 people in line. You open the door and you think to yourself, well, I hope this place doesn't smell like blood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you don't have to worry about that because even if it did, the uh, the intense smell of urine hit you right in the face when you open the door and you didn't have to worry about the blood smell at all. 35 people in line. I counted. I had time. Yeah. But then I saw a sign and said, if you're a first timer, you don't have to wait in line. Hello. Look at me, the Monopoly guy of the blood center. So, <laughs> so I, I doffed my top hat to all the people in line and I sauntered. Yes, that's right. I sauntered to the counter. Don't get a lot of sauntering in the blood place, but I'll tell you what, when, I'm, when I get to cut right to the front, I bust out my best saunter. So I go to the front and I tell the lady and she's very nice. And she's like, all right, uh, you have to fill out a form. And then uh, we have a movie for you to watch. Oh my God. What are you talking about? I'm, and I looked at her and I go, I'm not the one taking the blood out of anybody. Am I? She goes, no. And I go, all right, what movie do I have to watch to give blood? She goes, and she laughed, thankfully. And she's like, no, it's a thing where it's, it, you'll see when we sit you down. Uh, and so then I fill out whatever I got to fill out and they bring me in the back, uh, and not into the back where the blood, where the yeah. vampires are, but into the back of the office and she, and it's, it's a big place again, but it's still, you're kind of all on top of one another and it's just intensely stinky. So I go to watch this video and it's just, it's a thing that they have on a private YouTube and it's, it's a 25 minute video basically asking you if you're gay or have syphilis. That, that's that's all it is. Do you have this? Have you done that? Will you do this? Is there a possibility? To the point where I'm starting to think, are you guys hitting on me? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> are you? You seem to be asking a lot if I'm interested in gay sex or syphilis. I don't. I don't know which one. I tell you what, <laughs> that sounds a lot like the lady and the tiger behind the door, and that's not a choice I want to make. But I'll do it for two hundred twenty-five dollars. I will happily choose a door and see who comes out. Hopefully, it's gay. I don't need syphilis sauntering out himself because you what you thought I was sauntering wait until syphilis comes sauntering out the door. So I watched their stupid fucking movie and then they're like, you got to read a binder. So I'm like, what the fuck, man? I didn't know I was going to have, you know, I, I'm trying to give blood, which is literally the base of the, of the money earning pyramid. And now I have to take my SATs. Like I, what the fuck? <laughs> Is there, is there, are you choosing the vintage of my blood? Is that what the fuck it is? I got to be smart? What? So give me a binder. I start going through it. And I read it back to front. And the binder is literally, um, you watch the movie, which is 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And then you get the binder. And like the first page is like, are you sure you're not gay? Like, yeah. it's that, that's all they care about. So I'm like, all right. And I, I, you know, syphilis looks like this sometimes. You know, I'm like, I get it. So I put the binder down. Tell the lady I'm finished. She goes, great. She goes, go sit in the waiting room right there uh, and we'll call you when we're ready. And I said, all right, cool. <laughs> so I sit down and uh, now I've been there an hour now. Okay. Well, uh, 45 minutes after reading the binder, watching the fucking movie and all that shit. I sit down and as I'm sitting there, I, you know, you, you're look, a lot of people are in trouble. I get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And a lot of people around Christmas time, Decided, yep. you know what? I, I'm, I, you know, I really want to buy my wife, uh, my kid, the GI Joe with the Kung Fu grip. So maybe I sell some blood to do it. Um, I'm sitting there, and a guy comes up to me and he asks if he can use my cell phone. And I'm like, man, no. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, and I said it just like that. Cause it's just like, cause that's, that's a choice now at this yeah. point. And like, I don't even want, and, and I've talked before 
homeless people, whatever, I understand we want to respect them and everybody needs to be treated as if they're a human being in some way. But you're not, I'm not. You don't, don't even, even want me using your phone. Dude, I don't want this guy. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. This guy starts scrolling. Oh, uh, yeah. but I don't even want him. I don't want this guy to touch my phone, let alone make a call. Because yeah. also, if this dude makes a call, now, now my number is in some junkie's phone. <laughs> and who the fuck knows what he's going to do in the middle of the night? I mean, I got no idea, right? <laughs> yes. so, I, so I literally was like, man no i can't i apologize he's like all right brother all right brother that's no problem all right brother all right brother he goes to the front of the desk like the front desk and he goes he asks them if he can use their phone yes they let him use the office phone and then i gotta watch for 30 seconds as they tell him what gotta press nine to get out and outside line means you know (laughs) All right. And he dials wrong and they're like, you got to hit nine. You got to hit once you hear a dial tone. Okay. Okay. Hangs up and he just dials the number. No, no, you got to hit nine, man. Well, nine's not in the number. Yes. It's not the number. Just get your dial tone. Who's on first with homeless Joe and poor blood lady as they're going back and forth, man. I'm like, what the fuck? And as that's happening, another guy asks if he can use my phone. I'm not kidding. And, and I wanted to go, didn't you just see what fucking happened? There's a reason this circus is happening in the front of the room. But I'm just like, dude, I can't. I, I, I'm sorry. And he's just like, all right, man. All right. No problem. No problem. And he gets in line for blood. Um, they're all in line to give their blood. And I'm sitting there. And then Aquaman, this is, even, this is the worst part of the whole night. Aquaman comes on the television. The movie Aquaman. And I remember I told you about Aquaman. We yes. talked about it because I said I was somewhere where I had to watch it. I literally watched the entire movie of Aquaman with subtitles. There was no sound. <laughs> And these two dudes sitting next to me are arguing about who's better, Aquaman or Venom, and they can't wait for the new movies and shit. And I'm sitting there, and I'll tell you what, if you were if you were trying to get my blood to boil to cleanse it of impurities, you've done it. You've absolutely done it by making me sit through fucking Aquaman with subtitles for two and a half hours. I was there five hours. I was there five hours, Lily. I got there at like 1.50, and, and at 6.50, I'm still sitting there. And Jeez. again, you're in, and, and uh, another guy asked to use my phone he wanted to send a text because yeah. he's like can i use your phone like man I, I can't he goes oh it's just to send a text and i'm just like i don't that doesn't make it better that doesn't make it better at yeah. all because that implies the fact that someone will be texting you back and now i'm your go-between i don't want to be the string between your two tin cans motherfucker not happening so i'm just like can't i can't do it and i, I look i want to help people but i'm not giving these people my fucking phone so finally five hours and uh, the the gay nurse dude finally comes walking out. Well, by the way, should read the binder. <laughs> it is it is horrific that gay people can't give blood. The, I, the I don't, inherent yeah. awfulness of that breaks my heart. But yes, keep going. It's okay. It's fucking stupid. It's yeah. just dumb. You know what I mean? It's yeah. you know. Hey, we need a lot of blood. Not you. What do you mean? Not yep. me. I'm ready to help. I'm, it's my big dick. I'm ready to shoot, Jack. Yeah. So I'm I'm. Like, whatever the fuck with the blood. Finally, the, the gay nurse dude calls me, and he's got to bring me in a room. What they do is they they poke your finger, they find your blood type, and guess what they test for? Syphilis and gay. They, they have some <laughs> machine that figures out whether you have syphilis or gay. They put it right in the machine. They figure it out. Centrifuge. I don't know how it does it. Technology has come a long way, ladies and gentlemen. And, and what were your results? <laughs> well, hold on. This motherfucker's got to bring me into the office and give me the, you know, stick my finger and take the blood. He doesn't even bring me in the office. He takes me back in a blood house. He goes, come on with me, sir. And he takes me into the back of this, this fucking mash unit that smells even worse than the one outside. Yeah. 
And it is people, you can see some are reading magazines, some are literally just fucking asleep. And they're all hooked up to fucking blood bags and they're getting sucked dry. And it, it just looks like a fucking, you know, Dracula's Taco Bell. I mean, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> in there. So I walk in and they go, all right. And the guy goes, okay, here, please have a seat. And, uh, and again, it's happening fast. He brings me in and I go, oh, cool. I'm getting a bed like fucking right away. This is genius. He goes, have a seat. And a woman comes up. She goes, okay, give me your right arm. She takes my right arm. She goes, okay, bend it. And she starts feeling around my arm. She's squeezing, looking for a vein, you know, and she goes, all right, flex your fist. And I go, cool. I start flexing my fist. She goes, okay, pump your arm, pump your arm, pump your bicep. I do. And she's holding it. She goes, okay, okay. All right, let's try your left arm. Let's do your left arm now. We'll try to figure out this one, which one's better. And she starts doing the left arm. And she's feeling it. And she goes, hey, you want me to flex my fist? I go, sure. And, and then the gay dude comes over and he's just like, what do you think? And she goes, well, I tried the right. I'm trying the left now. We're trying to make it work, you know, doing the best we can. I get to figure out what the best way. And they're talking back and forth. Like, I'm not even, like, I don't even exist. Yeah. And he starts feeling my right arm and she starts feeling my left arm. And my arms are in the air and I'm getting fucking fondled, which is, you know, I didn't expect it, <laughs> quite frankly. But after six hours, all right, let's do this. I don't mind. Human touch. We're doing it. So they go, mm, I don't know. Well, right here, you know, I got something right here on my left and I'm on my left arm. I got something here. And the guy's like, yeah, you know, I'm not really, I don't know. This is okay on the right arm. And they go, hold on a second. And they call a doctor over. I'm yeah. assuming they're a doctor because they had a different colored mask. So they come walking over and uh, she goes, yeah, you know, um, and he goes, yeah, I'm not really feeling anything on the right. And I'm just sitting there and I go, are you telling me there's no blood on my arm, right arm? Because that would be a tragedy. <laughs> and she's like, well, I think I got something on the left, but I'm not sure. I go, well, if there's no blood in my left arm, I'm not giving you people anything. You know, and they're, they're not even listening to me. I'm doing no, jokes in the air. So they're yeah. feeling my arm. And then the, the big doctor who came over with the mask on just goes, ah, you know what? We're probably not. Let's just not do it. And then the, the woman with my left arm goes, okay, well, cool. Thank you, sir. And then the gay dude goes, okay, we're not going to do you today. So I'm going to go ahead and shred your personal information. And it happened that fast. I'm sitting in the chair and, and he, he, I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I jump up and I go, what are you doing? And he goes, well, I'm going to shred your thing because you know, we, uh, we found a vein on your left arm, but we, and I go, I give, I've given blood. I've give blood work at the doctor and it's, they find them instantly. Well, we use a different gauge needle here. It's like an eight gauge yeah. needle. If we want to go ahead and separate the plasma. So we just, it doesn't look like it's going to work. So I'm going to go ahead and shred your personal information. I go, Whoa, stop. And he goes, what? And I go, I can't do this today. And he goes, you can't do it at all. We can't go ahead and find a needle because we can't find the vein and it doesn't work with the gauge needle we have to use. Thank you for coming in. Walks off. And I'm standing there surrounded by stench having been wow. both arms molested spent fucking five hours in this joint watched aquaman <laughs> i'm looking for a gig i've interviewed at three different places you know locations i've applied at 15 different places i've gone through community service videos i've i've gone through background checks And I'm not even good enough to give blood. And it's, I'm telling you, like in my, my plan was like, well, you know, I could probably do some extra work. I'm union. You make money there. Uh, I signed up for that too. That's a story for another day. <laughs> I'll tell you later. Uh, but this was all in October. I was like, man, I got to get going. And here we are in January. And, and, and uh, yeah. <laughs> so when I say we're scrambling, Please know I knew in October that it was going to be a thing. And now in January, everything, because I was like, you know what, I'll do this. And then I'll, I thought, I literally thought I was going to have my pick of jobs. I, again, I'm the Monopoly guy of the blood bank. I'm sauntering in top hat. <laughs> and I'm laughing at the side hustle that says, you know what, why don't you give blood? And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this seems like rock bottom. Can't help you, sir. Your blood is no good here. 
and just pointed at the door and sent me out into the cold night, physically intact, but mentally a fucking wreck. Because you know what? It, I waited six months to even go and attempt that, thinking, well, that was back pocket. That was hip pocket. If things get completely desperate, at least the medical community will Oof. screw me for parts. Not interested in my parts. And here we are. So, uh, yeah. And I'll, I'll look, I, it, it's, uh, and, and I can, and my favorite part is thinking of the people that I interviewed with at the grocery store going, this guy can't even sell his blood. Do we want him <laughs> in this fucking building? Clearly he's a syphilitic gay. We couldn't possibly have him around our avocados. What the fuck, man? All right. And you got your meeting. I, mean, I should let you go at this point. I, I couldn't possibly have dropped a, a bigger hammer on you. It is it is insane to me. But but having been in the, you know, because I get poked every fucking month. And, you know, I always tell them you can't use my left arm. My left arm doesn't have a vein in it that you can use. And then they insist on using my left arm. And then they're like, wow, it just completely coagulated. And we can't get any blood. Yeah, I got shit veins, too. I can't imagine, though, <laughs> right and now i wonder if it's karma because i didn't let three homeless guys use my phone <laughs> no you just have what if they were the three wise men yes. what if they had like frankincense and myrrh and all that bullshit and i turned them down i said no nah, sorry guys no room at the inn can't use my phone look what happens and then stupid jesus comes along and goes get out <laughs> and i said don't you want my blood and they said shut up fuck it it took i waited six months took everything to go to that thing it just and i like i said i just expected i'll just squirt blood in these guys eye for, for a few months everything will be fine nope couldn't do it now i'm glad i didn't offer anybody my kidney because if somebody turns down my kidney we got fucking business all right uh i love you glad you were back this week oh my god it's all your mic is all screwy to Mike, I'm sorry that you have tiny veins. <laughs> I got TVE. I got tiny vein energy. That's not good at all for anybody. <laughs> all right. Take care. All right. You
Jolly Podcast. Podcast.